Sorry, we're running a minute or two late. We had to take care of some business before the show. It is a Monday edition of GCR, and what a Monday edition of GCR it is. Haven't had a lot of days like that in our history as Baltimore sports fans. I'm writing about that today. I, 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 you read it at pressboxonline.com, but let's not suffer from the idea that like it's the greatest day in Baltimore sports history. Well, they didn't win a championship. It felt like. No. <laughs> It's not the greatest day in Baltimore sports history, but as I write about it, it is so one of the more... you're saying it's the worst day? No, not saying that at all. Believe it or not, there is all sorts of room between those two concepts. Uh, it's one of the more unique days in recent Baltimore sports history. And we shouldn't try to undersell that. Like, it was as special as you think it was. The emotions that you were feeling were justified and were real and were cool. And the quality of both of those wins should not be dismissed or be, again, understated today. This was awesome. It was an awesome day. That was a spectacular win for the Ravens on the road in Cincinnati. Now it's week two. The Ravens have gotten off to good starts in recent seasons. They don't have a lot to show for it. Like you, you don't, Again, you don't try to pretend it's something that it isn't. It was a good, good win, as depleted as they were. And I get it. It still doesn't seem like Joe Burrow is 100%. Apparently, he re-injured himself at the end of yesterday's game. But that's, in the second half, he was having no problem humping the ball, getting it downfield to those receivers that we were terrified were going to eat a Ravens depleted secondary alive. So for the Ravens to figure out a way to win that game, with as little as they were presenting, with 40% of their offensive line missing. We, we can't undersell that. That's massive. Does it guarantee they're going to win the AFC North? No. It's possible the Bengals ultimately won't be the team that they have to win out against. It might very well be that um, the Browns, who could improve to 2-0 tonight, will prove to be the bigger threat to the Ravens in the AFC North. I'll still be surprised by that, but the health of Joe Burrow, of course, plays a big part in that story. That's an unreal win given the circumstances given what you were up against that is a phenomenal victory to start the game with that drive to have one of the concepts again I'll give away my entire column because I'm very good at that it was an Orioles magic type of win part of the reason why yesterday stands out so much and we talked about this theory We love the Orioles' magic wins. We love every fun win, but the heroic, every night there's a different star, Adam Frazier playing the role of hero with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, D.L. Hall being a hero, that type of stuff resonates. That's Orioles' magic, right? Like That's the concept. The concept of Orioles magic. It's right there in the lyrics. Every night there's a different star. That's the magic of Orioles baseball. And yesterday, while we all know that Lamar Jackson was the biggest story, I understand that. He's Lamar Jackson and he was great. But yesterday in Cincinnati, there was a different star. Nelson Aguilar was a star. Pat McCary was an effing star. Sam Mustafer, to a lesser degree, but 
given the circumstances, qualifies. Was a star. Rocky Sin was a star for breaking up a touchdown late in the first half. And obviously, despite the fact that he certainly should have had a touchdown, Geno Stone was a star. I feel like I'm just giving away all of my pats on the ass at the moment. But that's that's what it is. Deal with that. That's not true. Um, Rocky Sin didn't make the cut. Oh, man, come on. No. It was still a good play, though. It was. It still was. a very good play. That's one of the best receivers in A hundred percent. It was much needed. And ruined, I ruined my Jamar Chase anytime touchdown. Oh, I don't feel bad for you. I don't feel that bad either. I don't it, feel actually. bad for you whatsoever. <laughs> um, Every night there's a different star. That's the magic of Oreo- Ravens football. football. Ravens magic. Ravens. Feel it happen. Ravens magic. That's what made yesterday so cool. It was Orioles magic across two different sports all in the span of one hour. Ooh, ejected into my veins. That's the reason we do this. It's the reason why, and I don't want to come off as a gatekeeper, but it's the reason why, and it's funny because I wrote about it and then Rita was tweeting about it this morning because we really think alike. I don't understand people whose fandom within sports is not regional. I'll never get it. I'll never I'll never understand the thought of being, you know, we the 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 really over the top absurd the uh, the Yank I root for the Yankees and the Cowboys and the Lakers and and Duke. <laughs> Notre Dame football. But even to a lesser degree. Like I love our pal uh, RDT. That's my guy, but I'll never understand someone whose rooting allegiances are a football team in one city and a baseball team in another city. And everybody's got a story, and I'm not, you know, I, this, is, this isn't me trying to fight with them. But that, that, yeah, that's why you're a sports fan. For that. Because an entire city is walking around with a little more pep in their step today. Because everybody feels it. Even the people that aren't particularly hardcore sports fans feel some sort of lift. And no, again, I'm not going to pretend like it's, you know, some, oh, yeah, well, it doesn't solve the, the, the school suck. and the it's, Stop. We all know that. No one is trying to portray as though it's something that it isn't. In fact, I think in Baltimore we understand that much more than we do in a lot of places. And to, to steal a line from a great philosopher, you can't pee on my leg and tell me that it's raining. Bless you, Barry. <laughs> um, but yesterday was special. It was special. It was memorable. It was a day where you wanted to high-five a stranger, a day where you wanted to go hug someone and just be like, hey, you're feeling this too, right? We're all doing this thing together. Let's enjoy it. It was it was the reason why you're a sports fan. And particularly to me, the reason why you're a regional sports fan, why you root for the teams in your own market. Because that, nothing that a team in another market can ever do can make you feel that. Stop. I, look, I like the Coyotes. I like the Suns. It's not like I don't root for teams. If I had a team here, trust me, I wouldn't. Hypocrite, hypocrite. No, not at all. We don't have teams. If we did, I promise you, I would root for them. 
But I know, and I'll be the first to tell you, the reason why I'm not a hypocrite is I can't pretend like it's as meaningful. If the Suns win an NBA title this year, it won't mean to me what this does. It'll be fun because they're going to play the NBA season anyway, despite the fact that we don't have a team. It's a weird bit that they do where they're like, we're going to go ahead and let the league exist, despite the fact there's no team in Baltimore. I, it'll be fun because I'd rather that than watch, you know, the Nuggets win again or the Warriors or whoever it would be, the Bucks. It'll be fun, but it can't be this. This is the lifeblood. This days like yesterday are why you do this, why you're so invested, why you care so much, because every now and then it pays you back in a way that is so abundantly fulfilling that it makes up for all of the times you feel stressed and all of the times that, you know, your your spouse says something like, can, can you maybe settle down a little bit? It's not that big of a deal. It's It's just sports. And you, of course, can't feel that way. You live and die and you, you lose your mind and scream and bitch and moan. And, and then every now and then you get a day like yesterday. I was working the Ravens post game, and Stone Feltz was helping me out, obviously. And you know, we got one eye on the on the Orioles TV, and you know, it's just amazing because we're, we're we're talking about the big Ravens win. We were just celebrating that, and then we're high fiving, watching the Orioles come back, Adam Frazier hit, and then eventually walk it off. It was it was definitely I won't forget that that I won't forget yesterday for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to oversell it, right? Well, like, I don't want to. Well, I don't want to. It was a. Really, it was a really, really neat day, yeah. and it, I think to me, it's the circumstances of both, and that's a difficult thing because I don't know that either one you're going to remember for for a very long time. The idea is that you're going to remember how cool it was for an hour. Um, we we're trying to explain that to our guy Vontae Leach. Thanks to everybody who joined us on the uh, Project Game Day uh, show yesterday. We had a lot of fun. Uh, great to have Vontae Leach involved, and he's going to be doing a lot of the season. We're going to have some other special guests, I think, who are going to be joining us from time to time during the course of the year on the Project Game Day postgame show. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, as well as HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We'll be back this coming Sunday after Ravens Colts. Join us. Uh, I believe we're going to be switching it over to YouTube pretty soon, but we have a new landing page, PressBoxOnline.com slash GameDay. PressBoxOnline.com slash GameDay. You can find us there for the Project Game Day post-game show each and every game day this season. Again, Project Game Day brought to you by Superbook and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. And we were trying to, because, you know, like Vontae is not living here anymore, but he, he got it. He was here at a time, of course, we all remember in 2012. It was the first time we ever had this feeling. Ever. Ever. With this franchise. Obviously, you know, if you're from an older generation, you had this feeling a few times with the Colts and the Orioles being relevant at the same time. But we had never had it. In 96 and 97, of course, the the Ravens had just started to exist. And then the Orioles were very bad for a very long time. So in 2012, it was the first time we ever had this phenomenon. So he got it. He certainly understood it to an extent. Like, and I do remember how the Orioles kind of galvanized the Ravens. I, it's it's a story that I thought was important when we were talking about at the end of the after the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2012, and we were trying to lay out um, stories that mattered. And 
one of the things I said is in the early going, there was a real feel. Like, you could walk around the Ravens locker room, and they were invested, and they, they were interested, and they cared about the Orioles. They were into it. They wanted to go to the games. They wanted to feel that. That energy that we were all feeling, they wanted to feel it. So we were talking to Vante about it as um, we were similarly losing our minds trying to do um, the Project Game Day show, but honestly being wildly distracted by what was going on at Camden Yards at the same time. It was just, um, you know, it was a really, really special day. And the significance of the two wins, one of the things that I was dreading when the Rays went up 3-1 in the eighth inning, and I, I was trying to convey it while also still celebrating a really quality Ravens victory, was what an awful look it was going to be to see the Orioles, because you weren't going to tell them that they couldn't do the champagne celebration for clinching the playoffs, but they had already clinched the playoffs by virtue of the Rangers losing. And the vision of a team losing three out of four at home to a team they just had a four-game lead over a week ago, but now would be tied with, and having lost five out of six overall at home, and popping bottles, and pouring beer over each other's heads. I mean, that was going to be a level of awkward that would be almost unparalleled. And I was feeling dread about that. Like the the secondhand kind of douche chills. The secondhand awkwardness was an overwhelming thought. They couldn't. They they could. I mean, they're going to, right? Like that. I'm. It's all running through my head. God, this would be uncomfortable. This would be inappropriate. This would not reflect. Was there a chance they wouldn't just wouldn't? Have no, done it? they were no, going to. They do absolutely it. would have done it. They were clinching a playoff spot, and the way they would say it is, we we an entire season was what we were celebrating. Not celebrating today. We're celebrating the season, and you would understand it, and you would. It would have led to. An awkward conversation because there would have been a lot of people that would have reacted a certain way. So in a way, I almost felt like there was an an additional level of pressure there beyond just the obvious, which is you are about to be tied with the Rays. Surrendering the entire advantage that you had had. That we were going to have real concerns about a team that couldn't muster runs again for the fifth time in six games. There was a a dread, an impending doom that was looming in the late innings of that game that we didn't want to talk about out loud. It was as uncomfortable as you could possibly fathom. And so in that way, not just because they got the pop bottles, but because, let's just say the, that they hadn't clinched yesterday, that today they were going to clinch. That would still be one of the more spectacular wins of the season. But the dread that we were all feeling, again, again they can't score runs, again? What's happened to this team? And particularly, Adley Rutschman had been slumping. It was very nice to see him be the one to come through twice as the hero in the late innings of that game. You know, it wasn't a hit for Cedric Mullins, but it was still nice because we all know that Cedric Mullins is, while 
God damn defensively, he just continues to be a freaking artist. The play, we, I wasn't here on Friday, but the play he made Thursday night. And the ironic part being, again, I said to my sons, I'm like, I think he's going to get it because that's just Not where we exactly. are with Cedric Mullins. That's just where we are. He's got to be in the lineup. He's got to play every day, but the bat has been an issue. There's no way of getting around it. The bat has been an issue since he's returned. So it was nice to see Cedric Mullins, you know, come through and, and deliver when they needed the the game winner. And, of course, Adam Frazier, right? Like, maligned, understandably maligned. And yet, the dude has been about as clutch as you could have ever possibly fathomed a player being this season. Somehow we got to convince him that he's up in the bottom of the ninth in every game that he plays, every at-bat that he has. It's remarkable. Um, and D.L. Hall, I can't say enough about D.L. Hall. That's a heck of a spot to be put in. I mean, that is a heck of a spot to be put in. Of course, the play at the plate to make sure that the Rays didn't score another run in the top of the ninth inning that took about 20 minutes to review. It felt like that was going on for forever. And I was totally prepared for them to be like, well, we we think he's got the tag, but we can't say with certainty that the glove is actually on the body and not just hovering above the body. Like, I was utterly prepared for them to just leave that call alone. Thankfully, they, they didn't do that. They got it right. Just a, a, a scene, man. A scene. An incredible day. A truly unique day in Baltimore sports. It was... Um, it's why you do this. It's, it's why you, you put yourself through being this invested is because every now and then you get something that fulfilling. It was just awesome. A lot to do on the program today. Coming up in a couple of minutes, Andrew Catalan is going to join us. He was on the call for Ravens-Bengals in Cincinnati yesterday. We'll check in with our buddy Mike Bordick, get his thoughts after the Orioles clinched the playoff spot. Kevin Zeitler, Baltimore Ravens offensive lineman, checking in with us later on this morning. Jeremy Kahn, as he does every Monday. And this is really cool for me, Steve Sharippa, Bobby Bacala. Yeah, that guy. Bobby Bacala from The Sopranos. Steve Sharippa is going to check in with us uh, before the show ends today as he is coming to D.C. for an event this is it, weekend. Isn't it Bacala? Bacala. It's, okay. Well, I mean, it, it is, but it's... Bacala. It's, it, yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's fine. It's also whether Tony was saying it or somebody else was saying it. Yeah, I guess. Like, that was 100% different. Um, Bacalieri, I believe, yes. is technically how he pronounced how he pronounced his last name. But uh, I'm really excited about that. So uh, look forward to that later on in the program. Today's show brought to you by Superbook Sports. Don't forget use the code Glenn Clark 23 when you sign up with Superbook.com or the Superbook app. And when you do, you will get a first bet match up to $250, win or lose. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code. Glenn Clark 23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. Our next guest was indeed on the call in Cincinnati yesterday for a really good Ravens win over the Bengals. He is our friend Andrew Catalan, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Andrew, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking some time for us. Glenn, anytime, I will tell you I'm an Italian from New Jersey. So you- Definitely Bacala. 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 Yeah. Dude, I'm so excited. You got to go that way I'm, with it. I'm so excited to talk to Steve Sharippa later. Yeah, um, I'm excited for you. Uh, Andrew, I, I, you know, I'm trying to say, I don't think this can be understated. I get it's week two, and there is a lot of story to be told. 
But as far as in a vacuum itself, given everything the Ravens were going through, and we know Joe Burrow doesn't look 100%, but he was humping the ball pretty well in the second half. Given as depleted as they were, I think that's about as good as a win as a team can record in week two of an NFL season. And I think that you saw that in the emotion of John Harbaugh after the game and how he was celebrating. I thought that was a heck of a statement that the Ravens made in Cincinnati yesterday. I agree 100%. In fact, we were talking about it on the way to the airport after the game last night. I don't remember John Harbaugh having a reaction like that in a long time. I mean, I think that just, as you said, really says it all as to what that win meant. And going into the game, you know, obviously it's always a competitive game with these two, but I thought the injuries were really going to hurt Baltimore in this matchup. And I couldn't have been more impressed with the job the offensive line did without mm-hmm. Stanley and Linderbaum and the job the secondary did without Humphrey and Williams. I mean, I, you know, I, John said it during the week, I don't believe in the next man up mentality. Uh, I believe in all of our guys. He reiterated that to us on Saturday when we met with him. I, I thought that was the story of the game, the, the job that the, the backups, quote-unquote, did with these major injuries the Ravens had. I know that, you know, Lamar got bailed out on the fumble with the penalty, but to not allow a sack, I mean, against Trey Hendrickson, for Patrick McCarry to slide in against Trey Hendrickson, what you're saying about the offensive line in particular, I, I, it is, it's almost overwhelming to me that they were able to perform at that level. And part of it is, you know, the Ravens saw this value and said two years ago, we're going to sign Patrick McCarry despite the fact that he's not going to be a primary starter for us. And it's been a heck of a vision for them to spend money on a sixth offensive lineman and say, we think that he has value beyond just being a starter because of situations like yesterday. I mean, it was a smart move because of Ronnie Stanley. I mean, again, he's so talented, but he's just not able to stay healthy and stay on the field. So I think they kind of had to do that with with Stanley. Um, But yes, not every team would do that. And I think that's the difference there. Yeah, I mean, I just even think, you know, no sacks, but just the running holes they had as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought the offensive line, you know, the game was one in the trenches for the Ravens. They did a tremendous job up front. Andrew, one of the other things that jumped out at me is that, like, it also sort of felt like it was Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson again. And that second half was about as spectacular. You know, I, I get it, maybe didn't have the singular highlights that some other games have had. You didn't get to, you know, pull out your Kevin Harlan, he is Houdini line maybe. Um, at some point, but the throat is a flowers, you know, that's 56 yards in the air. Uh, that was something else. The touchdown throw to Nelson Aguilar was special. And then the, the decision-making, I think it was one of the things that we didn't know about going into the year with a new offensive coordinator and with him getting the contract, you know, how much were they going to run with Lamar Jackson for him to have control and go back to being that sort of symphony conductor. Hey, when that's, when that's what this calls for, that's what I'm going to do. Um, that looked like vintage Lamar Jackson and the reason why you paid a guy $250 million. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I had this feeling as the game was going on before each Ravens drive, which Ravens offense are we going to see on this drive? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be the new one that spreads it out and throws it? Is it going to be the old one that that bangs Gus Edwards and Justice Hill up the middle? I mean, I just feel like as I was thinking that, I was imagining what – you know, the Cincinnati defense was going through, you know, how do you prepare for this Ravens offense right now? And the ultimate wild card in all of it is Lamar, because at any time he could just take off and run like he did in a critical spot on third down late in the game. So I I just really feel like this Ravens offense right now is very hard to defend. 
Are they going to spread it out? Are they going to run it? And is, is Lamar going to take over at some point? Like, you know he will. And when is that going to be? Jackson was fantastic. We met with him Saturday. He just feels so confident in this new offense. You know, and him and Todd Munkin have told us it's a process. They're still learning, you know, what each other likes and, and what they should keep in the game plan, what they should take out. But Munkin said that Lamar has done a great job of being honest with him, saying, let's put this in, let's take this out. I just think the responsibility and the freedom Lamar has this year is going to be something special for Baltimore. He is Andrew Catalan. He was on the call for CBS for the Ravens' win over the Bengals yesterday in Cincinnati. Andrew, does this make I, – again, I know it's so early, and I don't want to – I hate being the guy that falls in the trap of hyperbole, but factually speaking, they just went into Cincinnati and beat the Bengals. Does this announce the Ravens as the team to beat in the AFC North? You know, I, I think it can. I, I think that right now it does. You know, I think to me, as, as excited as a Ravens fan should be about this start, if I was a Bengals fan, I'd have a lot more concerns. And I know they started 0-2 a year ago and still won the division. Joe Burrow's not 100%. We saw that on the field. He admitted it afterwards. It just seems like, you know, Something's missing right now, and I think when you have a quarterback sit out all training camp, it is going to take a little bit of time. But um, but I, I think I you know if you're asking me, does this tell you more about Baltimore or Cincinnati? I tell you, I, I I think the Ravens are a playoff team, and I think they could win the division, and they look very good, and that was a statement win. I believe in all that, but I think I learned a little bit more about Cincinnati in this, okay. and, and what they need to do to try to get back to where they were the last couple of years. And that kind of goes hand in hand with the Ravens, right? I mean, if, if Baltimore is 2-0 and the, and the Bengals aren't the team that they were, that that's good for Baltimore as well. I agree with that. And obviously we'll see as Cleveland plays tonight, they could end up announcing themselves as being an even bigger competitor in that division as the season goes on. I think on the sense, is it is it is it as simplistic as saying – if Joe Burrow gets back to being fully right, that they'll just be fine? Or are you suggesting that you think they might have some bigger problems? You know, I just think that, and I was talking to Matt Ryan, my new, one of my new partners in the, in the booth about this. Like, I think it's so hard to go all the way to the end of the road like they've done in the championship game and the Super Bowl each of the last two years and just run it back. I think that's really hard to do in the NFL. You don't see that a lot. Are they capable of doing it? Yes. I think they have the highest paid quarterback. They have weapons. They have good leadership on that team. But it's easier said than done. I, I think that that's, that's a really hard thing in today's NFL. You know, you saw the Bills go to four Super Bowls. You just don't see that a lot anymore because of, you know, the, the, so much more parity and these teams are so much better. There's not these doormats like there were for, for so long. So I'm not counting the Bengals out, but I just think that saying, okay, they'll be fine. I think you got to be careful with that. I get it. I completely understand that. And, you know, sometimes, of course, everybody out there will point out they were 0-2 a year ago, right? And that's, and that's fair, of course. Like, this is a team that's been tested, and I am definitely not prepared to write them off by any stretch of the imagination. As the year goes on, Joe Burrow is who he is. So you mentioned, of course, Matt, we can confirm that there was no, like, he, he didn't strangle you or say, I'm going to quit because you, you pulled out the 28-3 to thing a week ago. Everything, everything's good, obviously, between you guys. It's, it's better than good. It's great. That was unintentional. It was unfortunate. But it, it was a, it was a long story that Tiki shared on the radio. So that's what it, I thought I saw that, like, that, was it Matt's idea? Was that what I had heard? 
Yeah, I mean, again, it was just we were talking at halftime and, and we couldn't believe our game was tied. And Matt just said it feels like this is like a 28-3 to game. <laughs> and we came back and, yeah, but we feel like the thing is, is like in that moment, I'm not thinking of the Super Bowl. He's not thinking right, of like right. we're, we're we're calling a game, yeah. right? Calling a game. So I just think it was it was unfortunate that became the headline. But I, I'm really excited about it's a fun crew. Uh, our our booth and Matt is just off the field, and Tiki yeah. has a wealth of knowledge. And I think it's going to be a really fun year, and I'm excited about as, it. As you know, I'm a fan of yours, but like I think that you guys have put together a really fun booth in general like that's a it's a great pairing um and those guys like and it's a it, i talk about this all the time with form you never know with someone who's coming right in off their playing career but matt jumping in as quickly and feeling as comfortable as he has i can only imagine how much of a relief that is for you as a play-by-play guy but like it didn't feel like you had to lead him you he was ready to go and there and sharp and and crisp throughout the course of the day. I really enjoyed that about him. Well, I appreciate that, and I agree with you. I mean, I think anyone just off the field has unique insight. I mean, we did a preseason game together, and it was the Panthers-Lions, and, you know, the Panthers coach is Frank Reich, who Matt played for last year. I mean, we go into all these meetings with players, and, and, and they Matt, like, played against all these yep. guys. So. Yep. You know, I just think that it's um, it's really a, a neat booth, and uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Where are you guys headed next? We're heading not too far away from you. We'll be doing Buffalo in Washington this week. What an interesting story Washington has proven to be early in the season, right? Like, what a I I still don't know exactly as I get it. Like, we're not we're not very high on either teams they've played, but given the the fact that there is so much going on around the organization and there's kind of new life within that city. Um, I, I don't know. I think that that maybe on paper before the season didn't look to be so great. That looks like a hell of a game for this week now. Yeah. I mean, that was a heck of a win by Washington down 21, three in Denver. Uh, I know, I know that, you know, you, you talk about who they play at Arizona and Denver, but Hey, they're two and oh, yeah. and you know, that they, they send us all, and you have a better feel for this than I do, but that, you know, CBS sends us all the, the newspaper clippings for the week. Uh, about each of our teams. So I was reading them on the plane home from Cincinnati last night, and almost every Washington article was just the vibe and the atmosphere is so much different with new ownership. So I'm excited to see that atmosphere. And, uh, you know, the Bills fans always travel well, so I think it should be a really fun game on Sunday. At Andrew Catalan on Twitter, of course, is how you follow him. Andrew really enjoyed the broadcast. Obviously, we, you know, we probably would have enjoyed any broadcast because it was a heck of a win for the Baltimore Ravens, but we really <laughs> particularly enjoyed the broadcast yesterday and always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks so much for doing this this morning. Anytime. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Andrew Catalan from uh, CBS with us here on GCR. And yeah, actually, you know, it was the first time, obviously, that we had heard that booth together. I think that's a heck of a booth. Remember how excited I was? Um, you know, it, it, first of all, anytime you pair, you can pair Ian Eagle and Kevin Harlan with anybody, right? And like they're the two, to me, the best play by play guys in football. But I've said for some time, I think Andrew Catalan is a budding star as a play by play guy goes. I say he's not budding anymore. I mean, for God's sakes, he's been doing this for a long time now. Um, and that's a, that's a sharp booth altogether. I thought Matt Ryan was much better as a first-year game analyst than I, – I don't want to say this the right way. I, remember how excited we were about Tony Romo 
when he first started doing this. Yeah. And you know yes. how kind of mid it's been well, since then. Since then. Since his hype. Yeah. I think Matt Ryan, what I heard yesterday, was better than Tony Romo. Um, of recent. Of of recent. Since that fir- that first season of Tony Romo mm-hmm. was magical. <laughs> I mean, it really was. He was invested. He was interested. He was. All- Matt Ryan yesterday to me was better than Tony Romo now. So, I don't know what that means. I don't think they're going to take Tony Romo off the top team. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're pretty committed to that. Yeah. But I thought Matt Ryan was really good. I thought he was really good. Um, and that's a, a really fun booth working together. Appreciate Andrew Catalan taking the time for us. All right, when we come back in, we are going to uh, shift some gears to the Orioles. Mike Bordick is going to join us in just a few minutes. Start thinking about who gets your pats on the ass for today, by the way. I want those. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. you got to pick five Ravens. Rank them five to one, with number one being your man of the match. And most importantly, your list must include two offensive players, two defensive players. The fifth can be whoever you want, another offensive player, another defensive player, special teams player, or a coach. I'm not surprised. The early response we got have been all over the place. I think there are 10 viable Mm -hmm. candidates for Pats on the ass today. I think there are legitimately 10 different people, including, you know, two different coaches, that could have made the list. It was very much a team win. Yes, it was an outstanding team win. And so I'm not going to be – I'm really not going to pick a fight necessarily. I mean, there's a couple people that – like. Eh, you know what? I'm not gonna pick a fight. I'm not gonna do no, it. No, do it, do it. Come no, on. no, no, no. It was it was that type of day. So get them to me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll share ours a little bit later on in the show. It is a Pats on the Ass Monday after a Ravens victory. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit. Stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to Easy Pass, pay by plate and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. All aboard! The Orioles train keeps on moving, and it's ahead of schedule. The Birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller. I'm Paul Valley, and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on the Bataround. We'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years. So join us on the Orioles train, and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the Bataround. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life. Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland Open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. 
Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Monday edition of the program. To Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson getting together a little bit later on. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss it live, you can see it at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video tomorrow. Uh, Stan, Ross, and Luke talking baseball. Um, all right, a couple of things that we didn't cover. One, uh, I... I was going to do the dude wipe thing today. We'll go over picks. I I just found out that Griffin has to run out of here apparently soon, so we might push that to tomorrow maybe. We'll see. Good. We'll just let it build up a little bit. Yeah, and, correct. And Make the people demand it. That's the important part. Yes, I was the loser. We'll get to that um, uh, a little bit later on. Also, oh, my God, when we get into picks, I cannot wait to talk about the Rams thing. Oh, I cannot wait to talk about the Rams thing. Greatest moment in I, football I mean, history. It's there has the to be greatest. investigation, right? No, there doesn't. And I'll tell well, you. I'll tell you why. We won. Yes. No, no, no. I'll tell you why when we get there. But we'll okay. do it during picks. Oh, it was just so spectacular. Such. Yesterday was such a, gr- a dramatic. It was a great moment. day of football yesterday. Um, I think it was a good day of football. The ironic part being, of course, this was on paper a terrible uh, week yeah. for college football, and yet, as I said on Thursday, you know what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of great games. There weren't a lot of great games. That one that went till 3 a.m. The one, uh, I mean, that. (laughs) And I kept trying to say, like, I don't need it. I don't care. I don't care this much about this. I already know I'm not getting a cover. I can just go to bed. (laughs) But I didn't. I don't know. It's like once you're so far along, I talk about this with watching TV shows all the time. By the way, a pox on HBO for canceling winning time. A pox on them. And I know that Jeff Perlman had been calling the shot for that for weeks, like saying, hey, it really hurt. That's a big word. That with the, um, uh, uh, with the uh, strike, a lot of things, and I, I've talked about this before, like the pandemic did this to a lot of, like a lot of things just get paused. And once you pause something, it becomes far easier to just not go back. 
to just sort of say, well, we've all moved on. We're going to be doing different things, and that's the way it goes. But shameful. The most fun show on television. The most pleasant show on TV. I'm big sure I'm saying that. Is there anything else that competes with that? I can't think the of it. The most that. pleasant show uh, like Righteous, like Gems- right Righteous Gemstones is really pleasant. But I think I think it's still winning time. Good. Okay. Um it's it yes. is it is winning time and a pox on them for canceling winning time after two seasons. But I say this all the time with um, Help me out, what is how do you spell a pox? I just I think it's just P O X. I think that's all it is. Pox. Yeah, I think it's a P O A you're saying A pox, P O X. Uh, like chicken pox. It's like you're you're wishing upon them a, a a virus. You're wishing upon them a. Gotcha. Okay. Have you ever heard that phrase before? No, I haven't. Really? I haven't. That's very weird. It's well, very I odd that that's a phrase you've never heard before. A pox. A pox yeah. upon you. It's a good one. A a a sickness, an illness, a virus upon you, for having made this decision. That's what you're wishing upon a person when you say that. Add it to the rotation. Boy, that is a, I did not think that was going to be something we were going to be learning about today. I didn't know what pox it's pretty a common in vernacular, my friend. I haven't heard it you is, say it before. I've definitely said it before. I assure you I've said it before. Griffin's over there trying to spell out A-P-P-O-N. Yeah, I could. I could. <laughs> I mean, it's all one. I'm trying to figure out what the hell that is. Anyway, I say this all the time with TV shows where I get invested in a show. Even if I don't think it's that good, I just stay committed to it. I'm on to season four of Suits, and I still don't know if I like it. Still, I have no idea. Like, there's moments where I'm like, yeah, this is a good show. And then I have moments like, this is drivel. I have no idea if it's any good. But I made it. I, I we've, we've come too far. It's like Harold and Kumar going to White Castle. They get down the hallway. They turn around. They're like, we've come too far. I, I, I can't stop. I can't just bail on it. And that's how I felt watching Colorado, Colorado State on Saturday. I couldn't just bail. I had come too far with it. I was too invested. <sighs> um, a pretty good day of college football. I won't, I, a pretty good day. You know, Florida beating Tennessee was surprising, obviously. Alabama looks like doo-doo. I mean, they, they Alabama looks bad. And, of course, as soon as we say that, you know, they'll figure it all out. We'll get to picks, uh, our picks recap a little bit later on in the show. Orioles clinched playoff spot yesterday and end up doing it in style as they rally from down 3-1 in the late innings to beat the Rays and salvage a series split. Joining us now, he is, of course, our friend, Orioles Hall of Famer, 105.7 The Fan, analyst on Baltimore Baseball Tonight, the baseball warehouse, and Field of Dreams. He does everything. He's Mike Bordick, and he's back with us on GCR. What's going on, Bordy? How are you? Hey, I'm great. How you doing today? I mean, today is a heck of a day to be in Baltimore, my friend. What a pleasant 24 hours it was. And obviously, that was a fun scene, Mike. I, could you have imagined how uncomfortable it would have been for everybody if the Orioles had been popping bottles and celebrating, clinching a playoff spot after having just lost three out of four to the team that's competing with them for the division? Like, my God. It would have been an awkward scene at that point. So glad that they turned things around and did it, got a different result. Yeah, I'm the one, Glenn. I lost about half of what you said right there. Uh, all, right. all right, Mike, we, we're, and unfortunately we're losing Mike as well, so we will try to reconnect with Mike Bordick and figure out what's going on there. Technology is not our friend today. That's the way that it goes. We accept that as long as it doesn't happen with Bobby Bacala later on in the program, as long as technology doesn't let us down then. 
because we can always chat with Mike some other time if that's what we need to do. Love Mike. We can just move on and get into something else of his. And we'll see. We'll see. I'll let Griffin be the one to make the decision about this. This is a nervy moment. In the meantime, I'll remind everybody that uh, the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, let's try again with our guy, Mike Bordick. Mike, what's going on, brother? You got it. Hey, me? how's it going? All right. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought... Th- there was some dread that I was feeling yesterday, right? Like the, the idea that this team could have gone through a stretch of losing five out of six, especially when they were sitting there with one run again. Um, I, I know it's a fun win. I know it's a memorable win. But I think it's a much more important win for just things like momentum, for trying to hold on and win this division. That I, I know there have been a lot of emotional wins this season, but that felt like about as big and as important as any of them yesterday to make sure that you still had a gap between you and the Rays and to snap out of this offensive funk completely and make sure that Saturday night wasn't just an anomaly. Yeah. No, I agree, man. What a great series it was. I mean, unbelievable, uh, the timing of everything. And for the Orioles to step up and show that everything they've done all year, all of a sudden culminating, it seemed like, in one huge victory, what – it wasn't a fluke, everybody. This is a really good team that knows how to come back and win baseball games. They do so many little things well. They do so many things better, just a little bit better than even the best team. Almost better than the Rays, I would say. They outplayed them all season long. So I would say the detail paid attention to just playing good baseball goes to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, an awesome win. Didn't let us down. I think everybody was, you know, we've all kind of been waiting, it seems like, for, for the shoe to drop. Something not so good to happen, and they just continue to rise to the occasion. This team supports each other better than any team I've ever seen, honestly. And I, I know it just sounds cliche, but this, these guys know how to play together. They, they understand winning baseball, and they do it with a great mentality. Mike, how do you describe what Grayson Rodriguez did on Saturday night? And I get it, it, it helps when your team's scoring runs for a change, but to, to go out and, and when it, I think we had some realistic questions about whether the innings thing was maybe catching up to him. He had a couple of rough starts, but the two starts before that. To deliver that with everything going in one direction and to walk out and say, no, I'm this guy, how do you put all that into words? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. He did, didn't he? Did he not just step up and say, I am the number one guy right now? Yep. Eight innings, are you kidding me, against one of the best offenses in all of baseball? I mean, pretty impressive stuff. He's been sensational, obviously, since coming back. But I think this kind of shows that he is a number one. He can step up when this team needs him to, and uh, he answered the bell. I mean, uh, pretty impressive stuff for sure. And he just looks like he's getting stronger, I mean, which is amazing. Uh, so many of these guys now are throwing more than they ever have in their whole careers. And uh, I, I think it's impressive how, to a guy, they all have just stepped up and, and done incredible things. I, I guess at this point you say, you know, like he and Bradish are at the top of the playoff rotation. And then, I, you know, Kramer bounces back quite nicely yesterday. I, I feel like we're right back in the same conversation we've been having for a little while, Mike, which is, Who's the fourth, right? Like, I, John Means looked pretty, <laughs> I know. He looked pretty good in his first start, but it was five innings. You know, Kyle Gibson bounced back yep. nicely. I, 
I don't know who the the, fit, the fourth starter is at the moment when you get the postseason. No, I know, and I, I you know what I think is really kind of cool nowadays. Um, you know, we as fans and as kind of baseball uh, enthusiasts, we we go by our gut, which is kind of old school. Who, who do we feel like uh, would would represent the Orioles the best in the postseason? Well, you know what? Nowadays they have so many numbers crunchers that they will put the best arm up in front of the competition based on matchups, I think, you know? I think, yeah, sure, they'll go track record. They'll go, you know, how's the guy been pitching here down the stretch? But they'll match up the numbers, and the best foot will be put forward, I think, for the postseason. The good news is that it seems like now where we're on the positive side of things where we feel good about a lot of arms and how they could potentially contribute and now it's just slotting them in the right spot so that everybody gets maximized. He is Mike Bordick. He is with us here on GCR. Mike, I, you know, do you, do we just say the, the, the stretch that obviously was concerning where they were, you know, struggling with runners in scoring position and they weren't scoring runs from Tuesday to Friday of last week, do we just dismiss that now and say, hey, that's baseball? You go through weeks like that sometimes where – you know, it, it, there's a collective funk. Um, can we just dismiss and say all's good now, or is that still something as, you know, they got to head to Houston for three games, which ain't easy. Yeah, is yeah. that still something that sort of lingers with no. you a little bit? No, you know what I think happens uh, through the course of a baseball season, and I think, you know, timing is everything and how teams kind of respond, uh, you know, really dictates their future. And, and to be honest with you, I, I, I don't think – anybody in that clubhouse was panicking. I think they took it as just part of learning and said, all right, we got three days kind of uh, of a little offensive funk. Well, let's go back to the basics. Every one of these guys, when they show up to the field, they bring their lunchbox. So they want to make themselves better. So they're finding ways to make the subtle adjustments uh, that, are, that need to happen. And for me, the most, you know, the biggest thing is for a lot of hitters, the fundamentals that kind of got them into their consistent pattern, uh, whether it be bat path, a timing issue, targeting right center field for the right-handed hitters, it seems like so many of these guys offensively are going the other way to get themselves to being right again, uh, and that's one through nine. And nobody, you know, is, is has the ego where they feel like they've got to pull the ball every time. If there's a guy out there, if they can move a guy over, they hit behind runners, and that helps them stay consistent offensively. I think these guys have all taken every tiny setback and used it as like a learning experience and grown from it. Uh, they don't dwell on anything. They accept it and say, let's go forward. You understand the human body in ways that I don't. Uh, you and I were joking about your eating habits the last time we chatted. You you certainly are a man who I, I've seen, you know, you, you look with your shirt off a little bit differently than I look with my shirt off, Mike. Do you understand this entire Felix Batista situation, can you dumb it down for me? Because it seems crazy <laughs> to me the thought that someone who I think we all assume is going to need Tommy John surgery is, like, in the bullpen. And I, I don't know. I, I, I keep saying I don't think that this is going to happen. I refuse to believe it's going to happen. But the more he does, the more I start to think, like, no, maybe he really is going to end up pitching for the Baltimore Orioles again before the season is over. I know. It's pretty exciting to think that there is a chance, right? Because I think we all were assuming, well, let's get him under the knife, get him healed up so we can have him as soon as possible. But 
there's an opportunity now for Batista to show up, you know, here at the end of the season and into the postseason. Oh, my gosh, would that be an incredible lift to get the best closer in all of baseball. Uh, listen, I'm no doctor. Hold on a second. Let me take my shirt off, and I'll prepare myself as well as I can for this, yeah. this answer. Yeah. What I think, what I think is that I think there are a lot of pitchers pitching in the big leagues right now with torn, you know, elbow uh, ligaments. Okay. I, I really do. And I think they looked at it and said, well, you're probably not going to do any more damage. And if you do more damage, you're going to need surgery anyway. So let's get the swelling out of there. We'll try to rehab it back, get the inflammation down, and see how it feels. And then it's probably just up to him. Because i got to believe there are a lot of pitchers pitching in the big leagues right now that probably need Tommy John or some sort of shoulder or elbow surgery. And they're pitching through the pain. And they may have put that, might have put that on the table for him. And uh, he might have said, let's go. If I can pitch, I want to pitch. Mike, it sounds like, you know, somebody would probably say, well, don't don't the Orioles have a responsibility to step in and say, no, we're not going to let you do this. But it, it sounds like it's more of a, you can't make it worse. The problem is the problem, no matter what, you're going to have to have the surgery. Like, I, you know, it, I, don't, I don't think that his arm is literally going to fall off in the process. It sounds like it's a... If you can do it, let him have his shot, and then the result's going to be the same in a couple of weeks no matter what. He's going to have to go have surgery that's going to keep him out for all of next season. That's the way it feels right now, uh, and I wish they could be a little bit more upfront. I think, from a medical side of things, and what really are the chances because, you know, I got to believe that they would put their best foot forward and not risk a player's career. I mean, my gosh, that would be devastating. I don't think the union would let them do that. Mm-hmm. I think so much of this stuff has to be presented, you know, to the agent. Obviously, the player has to okay everything as well. So, um, you know, and, and I, I just don't believe they would put a player in harm's way like that, you know, to risk uh, a career-ending um, injury. So, yeah, I, I think they're making sure he can hold his mechanics, making sure that elbow can, will hold up. This is obviously something that's been done before. There's no way they would take a chance. And this being a first-time thing, you know, with a guy that's got a torn, you know, UC, is it UCL, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. if it's partially torn, I just feel like guys are throwing with that kind of stuff all the time. Mike, you uh, got to pop bottles a couple times in your career. Um, I, I, I do wonder a little bit about, like, your focus after you have that type of celebration. Is that I mentioned the Orioles got to go to Houston, and that's – they're, I mean, they're right back into the throes of how difficult this is. Meanwhile, the Rays get a day off. Then they have they get to host the Angels after that. It's not nearly as daunting for them moving forward. Do you worry at all about what a celebration like that does for a team's focus as the games are just as important starting tonight as they were over the course of the weekend? Yeah, no, I don't. I do not worry one bit about this team's focus. I really don't, and I think if I were them, I would celebrate again. I would keep, I would celebrate for a couple of days, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, what they've done is pretty amazing. What Brandon Hyde, his coaching staff, have done, uh, what this organization has done, and I think from top to bottom, they they should all be celebrating. And I know they want to uh, obviously put their best foot forward in the postseason and and hopefully hoist the trophy at the end. That's what we're all obviously hoping for, but. 
Mike, we still, I don't think we lost Mike Bordick, unfortunately. We'll do, I was just about to finish up with him. I just want to let him plug this really cool event they've got going on in York. All right, we'll let him finish up, and uh, we'll go from there. Mike, I don't, I, Mike, I don't want to risk losing you again. So I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell everybody about this awesome thing you guys are doing with your old teammate, Jose Canseco, because this is one of the coolest ideas that I've ever heard in my life, and I want to make sure everybody hears about it before we let you go. Okay. I wish I had the dates uh, uh, of it, but you got to check out, you know, the baseball warehouse, Matt Morris. It's October Are 15th. Are we on right now? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Absolutely. It's October 15th, Mike. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. October 15th. Uh, Matt Morris, the owner of the baseball warehouse has got a hold of Jose Canseco, which I think is pretty cool. Obviously Jose, a uh, former teammate of mine back with the Oakland A's, a uh, controversial major leaguer uh, to say the least, uh, but a slugger uh, from top to bottom. And, and we're going to have a home run hitting contest. Uh, he's Jose Canseco has agreed to challenge uh, anybody to come on up and challenge him to a home run hitting contest. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun just to watch him. Evidently, he keeps he practices this, and uh, you know he could do it, man. I know he used to hit some of the longest balls I've ever seen um, in actual big league games. So that's a lot of fun. The day before clinic. So listen, Jose Canseco was a 40-40 guy with the first ever in Major League Baseball um, for a period of time. One of the best baseball players to ever play the game. Uh, five-tool guy, could run, throw, hit for power, great defender as well. Uh, he tapered off a little bit at the end, but I'll tell you what, he knows the game and he loves to talk about it. So we're going to have a clinic, and we're also going to have a home run derby with, yeah, the legendary Jose awesome. Canseco. That is so cool. That's up in York. Uh, go to at mbordic on Twitter, find out more. The Baseball Warehouse, it's at tbw underscore baseball as well, or thebaseballwarehouse.com. Dude, that is such a cool idea. I love that. I know. So much fun. Mike, always yeah, appreciate sure. you, brother. Let's talk again real soon, all right? All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Mike Bordick, of course, uh, you hear him on uh, Baltimore Baseball Tonight, 105.7 The Fan, and um, maybe we send Griffin up to do that. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the that's the plan, right? October fifteenth, maybe we we have you wander up to York and see if and, you uh, can out show Jose Canseco how it's yeah, done. Yeah, outslug Jose Canseco. Maybe we do some content with that. I actually love that idea, by the way. I I don't I think that's what day of the week is that? Or or should we make it a side bet that? Hang on, yeah. What that day is, of the it's week a is Sunday. it? Sunday. Is it in the morning? What time? Yeah, what time? yeah, if it's in the morning, that might be possible. I, I mean, I that, that is fun. I, I'm definitely Yeah, it would be a lot that, of fun, so. but the Ravens play at 1 o'clock. That's, right. not, that's not ideal. We just got to figure out what the timing is on it. If we can find out the timing of it and if it's viable for us to do it before the Ravens game, like if they're doing it at like 10 in the morning and we're done by noon, then I would absolutely say let's do a side bet with the boys <laughs> and whoever loses has to embarrass themselves. Because, my God, I don't even know that I would get a ball out of the infield. You know what I mean? Like I haven't, I haven't swung a baseball bat. You still are oh. you're st what? They play this is the London week. They play at nine thirty on the fifteenth? The fifteenth, yeah. Is it? I yeah, that's London. So oh, you're right. well, may so well maybe Well maybe though, it's later in the day, right? Yeah. Then maybe they're doing it at three o'clock. If that's the case, then we can still make it work somehow. All right, let's just get the details on yeah. this before we commit to anything. <sighs> I gotta do that. That weekend is hell for me. I've got um uh USA Lacrosse always hosts the big uh, fall ball event for their national teams. And so I've got uh, the the U.S. the the U.S. Canada match the uh, national team. Yes, it's October fourteenth. Is what the what I'm looking. The website says 
I'm looking at the, the social. They've got it. They've got it. All Wait a minute. That's the skills. I'm oh, saying the home, the home run derby, derby is the I see, 15. I see, I see. Yeah. Starts on 11. <sighs> yeah. Damn it. That would have been such a good bit. Ah, oh, that's killer. That's killer. Yeah. All right. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> we tried. We did our best. That would have been a lot of fun. Oh, that's a big bummer. Wow. Maybe we talk to somebody. Let's let's see. Tell Mike we want to get in touch with the. Can we the push guy. this back two hours. No, the guy Matt uh, from the baseball warehouse. Oh, just see, like maybe maybe they're saying it's eleven, but that's something like sign up start. You know, like just just see, like is it? Because uh, I we, I would have to do Project Game Day. Yeah. Man, there's no way it'll still be going on at four, and then it takes a while to get up to York. There's no way it would still be going it's on. Top on eighty three. Well, I mean, if I'm I'd I'd be done by like one thirty. So if it was still going on at like three. I think I'd safely say I could be there, but man, ah, I was really excited about this too. Genuinely, I was like, "This is gonna be cool, man! Like, we're gonna make this a side bet. Somebody's gonna be super, and I would be so embarrassed, dude. I would be so embarrassed. I haven't even gone to the batting cages in like at this point, probably fifteen years. Nah, ten. God, maybe fifteen. Somewhere between ten and fifteen years." It's been since I have legitimately swung a baseball bat in any capacity. I would be terribly embarrassed. I, I there's no chance. Oh, I'd love to I'd love to I'd love to make one of our guys do it, but I just don't think it's gonna work. All right. Uh when we come back in, we are going to talk to Kevin Zeitler, Baltimore Ravens offensive lineman. What a day it was for them. Zero sacks, zero sacks allowed against the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. We'll talk to Kevin Zeitler about it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GLENNCLARK23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at DriveEZMD.com. We'll keep you moving. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. 
Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Monday edition of the program. So much to do today. Just a uh, very, very busy day, which is fun. After a big wins for the Ravens and the Orioles yesterday, these are the types of days that you live for. Uh, Griffin, you want to remind everybody what's going on? Oh, you know what? No, go ahead. You do what you need to do. I understand. You got a thing to do. I'll remind everybody. No Tyus Bowser show this week. We're off this week and back next Tuesday night. Next Tuesday night, next Tyus Bowser show, Tuesday, September 26th. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery. Guilford Hall Brewery, Station North. Tyus Bowser, his special guest, myself, Rita, we're all going to be there. Your opportunity to rub elbows with some of your favorite Baltimore Ravens throughout the course of the season. It's all brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Find out more by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser next Tuesday night, one week from tomorrow, the next Tyus Bowser show. Of course, it is a victory Monday in Baltimore, and what a victory it was yesterday for the Baltimore Ravens. And everybody is talking about the performance of the Ravens' offensive line, who allowed zero, none, zip, zilch, nada sacks against the Bengals' front yesterday. Joining us now, a big part of that offensive line, one of our favorite people. He is Ravens' offensive lineman, Kevin Zeitler, and he's back with us now here on GCR Kevin, it's Glenn. It's so great to catch up with you as always. Thanks for taking the time for us, and congratulations on a great win yesterday, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Always want to get a victory over Cincinnati. Right, dude. I mean, that one in particular. Like, you guys, you know, being a bit depleted, having guys on the sideline, um, how good did it feel, the performance that your group put together yesterday? It was good, you know. Um, unfortunately, having two guys down going into it, but we had all the confidence in Sam and Pat coming in. 
be able to improve off of week one and really put it together. Dude, how I feel like Pat's story doesn't get told enough, right? For a guy to have to be able to go in and play every position along the offensive line and to be so comfortable in every single one of those spots. I don't want to take anything away from any of the rest of you, right? Like, But how amazing is it to you that this continues to be his story? Whenever he's called upon in any capacity, all he ever does is come through and play at a high level. Uh, it truly really is wild. The last two years I've been here, I've been calling him a unicorn because truly he can play any position. And, you know, that is a rarity among rarities. And we are very lucky to have him on our team. Dude, I feel like, you know, because he's not a, he just does not get the credit that he deserves around the NFL, man. It is an awesome, it is a thing to behold. Um, the entirety of the day yesterday, did, did, you know, just take me through, given everything you mentioned, getting the win in Cincinnati. Everything that you guys were going through, I know how deflated everybody was about J.K.'s injury. I know how much that hurt everyone. How how much did this one mean to you guys to say, hey, we owe them one. The year didn't end the way that we wanted it to and the way that it should have. You felt like you should have beat those guys. How much did this one mean throughout the course of the building? I mean, it was big. You know, we haven't gone out to Cincinnati one in quite a while. They're a very, very good football team, very talented. And we all know it's going to be a battle. So, you know, it was very nice we were able to pull one off this time. And, you know, hopefully we can do it again. Um, I know that uh, there, was a, <clears throat> there was a holding call, and Mrs. Zeitler was pretty angry about it. Uh, I don't think that you were pretty happy about it either, right? Like, the, I, I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want to get you fined anything like that. But, um, you know, I, can, is it safe to say that maybe you concurred with Mrs. Zeitler's thoughts on that particular call? I mean, it's football. It happens, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. Refs got to make calls, and you know, obviously, I just got to do better of, you know, getting things done. I pre- I appreciate how you professionally handle that, Kevin. I appreciate it. Kevin Zeitler is with us. Um, Kevin, there was so much made, you know, in, in week one that that I and I don't know how you felt about it, but maybe it wasn't the sharpest and. Um, there was a lot made about you guys maybe not playing in the preseason. Did did you feel like yesterday was an example of what this offense is, what you're you're capable of being, and a group that has really come together over the course of these last couple of weeks? Yeah, no, uh, definitely a week one. Um, you know, it was a starting point, and you know, obviously we were able to get a win, but you know, there's a lot you need to improve on. It was nice to know exactly where we were at. So this week, uh, being able to make some improvement and feel like, you know, there's things were a little smoother and sharper is always a good step. Now we just got to keep doing that week after week and, you know, until we reach our potential. What is it like when Lamar's in a zone like that? Like, what is it like for the entire offense when, you know, you've got an orchestra conductor that is, is, not, is not missing a note? Like that second half yesterday, I mean, that was breathtaking football that you guys were playing. I mean, when Lamar is on, Lamar is on, and, you know, he's pure magic, and I'm really glad he's on our team because, you know, when he's on, it's pretty hard to stop him. What, what is I, – I know that you and I would talk a lot about, you know, in the past offense, it was fun for an offensive lineman because you guys like getting downfield and kicking ass. And it's not like that's gone within the course of the offense. But what have you learned about, you know, how how many different layers there are? That the, To me, the other part of yesterday was the play calling was – was chef's kiss, the way you guys were mixing it up in the second half and doing different, you know, trying to ice the game away while not running into the teeth of the defense that was packing in the middle. 
I, I it was it was mind blowing to me how perfect the play calling was. What have you made and what have you learned so far about Todd Munkin and and what this offense is going to look like moving forward? Um, yeah, you know, you know, we're all uh, learning right now. You know how Monk calls games, how he likes to make it mix up, like you said. And now all of us as players, we're getting used to it as games go on. But you know, I don't think we're afraid to try anything or do anything different. And you know, it's obviously been working so far. You feel like you guys announced yourselves as a team to beat in the AFC North yesterday? I mean, I'd say it's too early. You know, we've obviously had a great start right now, and that's all you can ask for at this point. But we have a long way to go. And, you know, we just got to keep getting better every week, and we'll, you know, we'll wait about for stuff like that until it's over I, with, I, you know? I greatly appreciate that. But what I appreciate, too, is that you're not hiding from the significance of it. Like, I, I think that's what – seeing John's emotions at the end of the game yesterday I think really got to me. Like, the, it, this was meaningful. This was as meaningful as we thought it was. It, to your point, it's week two. There's so much left to determine. But the, the emotions seem to be real that this was as good of a win as everyone was feeling like it was watching back at home. Yeah, no, it was really fun. It was good to play a tough team, you know, a team that honestly, you know, most of the world considers the standard right now, you know, with yeah. their Super Bowl and championship appearances. So, you know, going in there and being able to get some things done, that's a good starting point for us for sure. No, I, it goes a long way. How about you? How you? I mean, like, this is – it's funny because you were joking, I remember, at the podium this uh, this summer, like, I, you know, I'm not thinking about retirement. I'm not thinking about any of that. How, how are you feeling at this point, man? Like, you're – you know, let's say it the right way. You're not 22 anymore, right? Like, how are you feeling? How do you continue to be as reliable and dependent and, you know, as on top of your game as you've ever been at this point in your career? Oh, more so I think. I think it's just pride. You know, I love the game. I really do. And I love playing with my teammates. And I owe it to them every day, you know, to make sure I'm out there ready to roll. So whether it's treatment, you know, personal body prep, things I need to get done mentally, physically, you know, it's just part of the process and it's not even a challenge. It's just, you know, part of who I am. So glad to do it. Glad to be out there and hopefully it keeps me going many, many more years. Is it at all difficult when we see Mrs. Zeitler making cupcakes for everybody throughout the course of the summer? Like when you're trying to make sure you keep your body in check, do you, is it, do you avoid temptation or is it like one cupcake is okay every now and then? Well, the idea behind that is we should be working so hard at practice and getting things done that one cupcake should not make okay. any difference at all. Okay. But if anything, you know, she did uh, make the cupcakes this week for the wide receivers, and they had a good week, so she might have to keep doing that from now on. Uh, uh, how superstitious are you as a person? Like, are you really the type? Did you walk like get home last night and say, all right, you're going to have to do it again this week? Like, are you that type of person? Uh, I don't know so much of a superstition, but they've already asked for another round of them, so, you know. <laughs> Maybe they just like them and they're ready to roll. <laughs> how good? Okay, how good? What kind of cup? We need to know more about the cupcakes. This actually is an important quite topic now. How how good are the cupcakes? Oh, uh, very good. Uh, it was a uh, red velvet with cream oh. cheese frosting this week, oh. so they were a big hit. Dude, is that is that typically what Mrs. Zeitler makes as far as cupcakes go? Um, uh, I mean, she makes a wide variety of them, and uh, you know, those were what. Uh, receivers requested well my god that sounds I, like I'm, I'm actually salivating as you describe it right now they sound incredible and yeah i think that's a pretty safe bet if it it's, it's not even to me a superstition it's more like if it worked why wouldn't you keep doing it and of course that request um how much fun has that been for you to have like her involved and now as a dad everybody talks so much about the family atmosphere around the ravens and you know it, it's funny because you know odell was in a place that you were in 
And we heard Odell talking about like how different this place was for him. Can you describe what that has meant to you at this part in your life, the family atmosphere that the Ravens have always tried to foster? Yeah, no, I feel like it truly um, has an effect, like from ownership down to how the coaches approach it. Like it truly is a family-friendly environment. They're always trying to do the best for everyone and their families, you know, no matter what's needed or help. And they truly do not, you know, spare any expense to like time-wise or relationship-wise to help, you know, the guys out here. And it's a really, really nice thing to be a part of. Nah, that's really cool. And I think it goes a long way to what it is that you guys are trying to do. Uh, do you do you guys openly talk about, like, do you use the word Super Bowl, championship, things like that? Or do you say, nah, we don't talk about the, that those things. All we talk about is the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Man, that's way too far away. We have the yeah. Colts. We know they're a very tough defense, very talented, you know, young guy. QB over there, it's going to be an absolute battle considering the last couple times the Ravens have played them. So, you know, this is going to be an absolute battle. I, I understand that, man. I always appreciate that, bro. Kevin Zeitler, uh, I don't even know what else there is to say. Like, dude, what a day. Hey, I don't think you and I ever talked. Was this your first, um, when, when you guys went out to uh, uh, Preakness, right, this year? Was that your first Preakness? Yeah, that was my uh, first uh, Preakness. We came back and uh, went with the Tuckers, and it was an absolute ball. Yeah, you, is it something that you could see yourself? Did you? Did you? Um, no, you know what? I, I guess you can't put any. That's the NFL, right? You can't put any bets in. You can't get involved that way. Did you? I saw you. Were, you did the whole dress up thing. Like you were dressed the nines for it. Yep, I did. You know, I figured if I'm going to try one of these horse races, I might as well go all in on it. Could you see yourself coming back next year and continuing the tradition, or is it more like I, I did it one time, I experienced it, I'm good. Oh, I think I'd definitely come back. You know, it's a great day to, you know, have fun with some teammates and have That's a good cool. time. And, you know, that bonding off the field is always important. That's awesome, man. Uh, Kevin Zeitler, dude, I again, I, I can't say enough. It, it was a special day, an incredible performance from you and your group. It was awesome to see. Always appreciate you taking time for us. And if at any point uh, maybe, like, you know, some, like, dumb radio guys would be able to get into the, cu- the cupcake world, we wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, if we could, like, I don't know how we could make that happen at some point, but we'd love that, man. Uh, thank you, as always, for taking the time for us. We really appreciate you, bro. No problem. Thanks for having me. Kevin Zeitler. Dude, what else do you say? And I, and I mean that, too. Like, the way that guy has continued to play, we we probably won't talk about it this way, but there is room to start having the conversation about where Kevin Zeitler is on the all-time free agent signing list for the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm not trying to put him over, you know, Derek Mason. Like, let's not. But there is room to have a conversation about how well this has panned out. And that dude has done nothing but, I actually feel bad because it's almost impossible for him to make uh, the Pats list because I'm just sort of used to it, right? Like, you always make the Pats list when somebody does extraordinary as an offensive lineman. Kevin Zeitler's just always been so freaking solid all of the time that it's very difficult for it to stand out in any way. Like, you're not, you're like, oh, right, Zeitler played well. Because he always plays well. Mrs. Zeitler did. She was uh, happy to take credit for the Nelson Aguilar touchdown on Twitter yesterday. I, it's, if you don't follow Sarah Zeitler on Twitter, she's awesome. Like, the, you know, Kate Urban, Brent Urban's wife is really good on Twitter, too. Like, there's a few. But Sarah Zeitler's wonderful, and she was quick to point out that she had made cupcakes for Nelson Aguilar yesterday. 
And um, well, yeah, caught a pretty good, uh, pretty, pretty big a, pass. He had a, a good game. Hell of a day. Yeah. You want to go right into uh, Pat's on the ass? Yeah, let's do that. Off of that, why don't we go ahead and do that? Pat's on the ass brought to you. I think our buddy Trippy might check in at some okay. point. That's okay. We'll get to him. Pats on the ass are uh, brought to you. Oh, this is an opportunity for you to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel. Yeah, I'd love to tell you about the new member program that they got going on. All about more yes when you sign up for Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards today and earn up to $50. You can take a spin with free slot play or join the action with direct bet or indulge in your favorite dining experience with comps. All new members will receive a free tote bag as well. So for more information, go to maryland.livecasinohotel.com and sign up for Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards today. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. My number five is Patrick Queen. And it's not any particular play, although he did have the one big uh, blow up in the backfield. It's just his continued consistency. And it wasn't the story yesterday by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, I, I could have gone with, say, Rocky Scene just because he broke up a pass. But the consistency is, is otherworldly. It's, it's insane. And there's, like, we've really gotten into a, a bizarro play, world place if, with this debate about is Patrick Queen only good because Roquan Smith's on the team? Like, this just become this, it's taken on this life of itself within Ravens' conversation land. And,. I just don't give a rat's ass. Patrick Queen has been phenomenal and continues to be phenomenal, and he was phenomenal yesterday. Again, Patrick Queen is my number five. Yeah, um, I'm going with, uh, you know, to kind of the point you just said about Zeitler, but how I, it's how I feel with Roquan and, and Patrick Queen. It is like you, you expect them to show up because, uh, well, because, I hear because they have. And, and I they, hear you. They are. So at my number five, I'm putting Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. Um. This he had the lone sack of the day. It was a and it was a really really big spe- big sack. I think he applied maybe the most consistent pressure I think of anyone in the front uh, yesterday. It was mostly a coverage sack, mm. but yet you still like that was just the pocket needed, the yeah. pocket collapsed. There was nowhere to throw the ball, and he was the one that cleaned it up. But I what I agree with, and I considered Jadavion Clowney was they needed something. Mm-hmm. They just needed some sort of pressure. There in the fourth quarter, and he finally supplied a little bit on a day where Adafi Owe wasn't getting the job done, and then you know I guess got hurt. That's a very weird yeah, story. I know. Too. Well, yeah, because as you mentioned, yeah, he stepped up as you know, when Owe was a ghost, I guess apparently. But um, I don't, I don't know what the deal is with Owe because they never announced an injury at any point, and then all of, you know after the game, John Harbaugh said it was an injury. I, it's a very weird. Uh, Jeremy actually just texted me. He had something come up, so we'll oh. uh, try to find another time uh, to, to catch up with him. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right, and it probably works out for the best today. Yeah. Love Jeremy, though. Was out with him on Saturday night for his birthday. Uh, we went out to uh, – uh, uh, oh, you know, they're not a partner, so I'm not going to say where we went out to. Tell me, uh, uh, but went out and uh, celebrated uh, – that's probably trippy. We celebrated Jeremy's 44th birthday on Saturday night. Love Jeremy, and I guess maybe he's still recovering today, so he's not able to check in. Uh, but we had a good time, and um, I met a couple of his friends. Just a, a nice little night. All right, let's uh, let's continue because uh, I'm good. I'm good with Jadavion Clowning at number five. Uh, number four is where you find Nelson Aguilar for me, and we could have a conversation about Zay Flowers. And I don't want to get in the world where like I expect it from Zay Flowers because we still need to acknowledge that it's remarkable. And if you put Zay Flowers on your list, completely get it. But to me, the story was this is the first time in human history the Ravens have had depth at wide receiver. And so when Odell Beckham goes down, they're okay because Nelson Aguilar steps up and makes plays, including, you know, the touchdown was phenomenal. Um, 
it's such a different world that we're living in where the Ravens not only have receivers but can withstand an injury to a wide receiver. It's wild that we're in that position. Nelson Aguilar was excellent yesterday. He's my number four. He is going to be my number four as well. Uh, I mean, I, like I, I said it on the postgame yesterday, he never has really lived up to his pedigree of being a first-round receiver, but he looks really, really good as a as he, well, after Odell went down as a wide receiver, three or four, depending how you characterize Mark Andrews, and he played great yesterday. Yep, he was great, no question about it. My number three is where you find Patrick McCary. It was tough for me to leave Sam Mustafer off the list, but like you know, it's just also let's not let's not revi- revise Sam Mustafer either. What we're not talking about is a a guy that has never played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Or was a you know is a seventh round pick that's being forced into action? Like Sam Mustafer is a a starting offensive lineman in the NFL that just happened to be on a practice squad this year. The Patrick McCary story can't be told enough. He didn't allow a single pressure against Trey Hendrickson yesterday. Not a pressure. Patrick McCary. When Kevin Zeitler describes him as a unicorn, I, I just don't think that we have full context for how truly amazing this is. What he has to do to be ready to go at every position along the offensive line, including arguably the second most important position in all of football that he played yesterday. And he has constantly stepped up. When we when the Ravens signed Patrick McCarry, we all operated under the assumption that it was because they viewed him as a starter. What they have viewed is that this is so much more valuable than that, or at least as valuable as that. It would be easy for them to say to John Simpson, like, no, you're not going to start because Patrick McCarry is going to start. But if they did that, they would lose this thing that so few teams comfortably have. It's hard for us because it's not statistically driven, but the value of what Patrick McCary gives to the Baltimore Ravens because he can play any position along the offensive line and play it like that, we don't talk about it nearly enough. That, to me, and I I regret that I actually put him at three. In hindsight, I should have put him at two. It is one of the, the coolest things that you will see in football is what Patrick McCary gave the Baltimore Ravens yesterday and continues to give them every time he's called upon. Patrick McCary is my number three. Yeah, I'm with you. It was hard for me to leave McCary off the list. I can't I believe did. that you would leave McCary. I decided to go he with Mustafer. didn't Mustafer. allow a pressure to Trey Hendrickson. That's nuts. That's insanity. I did decide to go with Sam Mustafer. I mean, it's a great story. His performance was great it's at neat, a very he's a local important, kid, yeah. yeah, at a very important position. I mean, we saw in the the Dolphins game. I mean, Tua was having problems with the snap all yep. night at, with with their center. Um, so apparently, I mean, once I saw that Ben Cleveland was going to be the the backup center today, <sighs> I, that made me even more worried. And Mustafer, you know, it looks seamless. Yep. Now uh, he got the job done, no doubt. All right, number two is uh, where you find Geno Stone, and yes, it's frustrating that he ended up going out of bounds <laughs> when he could have had a touchdown. Um, but it was still the most important play of the game. It was at a time, obviously, where the Bengals were in position to go in front and start playing from ahead with that offense. I, I'm not He's not the man of the match for obvious reasons, but as far as – if we used to do a segment uh, – it's a fun – I don't know why we ever got rid of five plays. 
we would do a segment called Five Plays That Told the Story, and we would try to tell the story of why the Ravens won or lost the football game using five particular plays. And yesterday, like the Zay Flower, the you know the throw to Zay Flowers would be high on the list. I, I got to think about you know what else would would make the list, but there would be no debate about what number one would mm-hmm. be. Number one would unquestionably be the biggest moment was when momentum was going the other way, when the Bengals had the opportunity to strike first in the second half and put the Ravens behind the eight ball. It all changed, and the Ravens were instead able to play from two scores in front, and and that was there was nothing bigger than that. Uh, yes, yes, he, the, he, and he's tweeting about how he's getting beat up, and you knew it. You knew that it was going to be a rough week for Geno around his guys because they were going to let him know about it, but no doubt, Geno Stone is number two because that play was just so important. Yeah, I'm a notch, a notch above uh, for that reason. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Todd Munkin is my number two. <laughs> what the F is your list? What are you... To, you don't have Lamar Jackson on your no, list? No, I don't have Lamar because... It's like, the I dumbest mean, just, thing I've ever we, heard like, in my life. I think the contract has kind of changed. I no. mean, we expect this. It doesn't this, change this what happened. It doesn't change what happened in the game. The game was played. Lamar Jackson conducted an orchestra. Burn your list. No, it's a God, great list. No, it's not. It's a great list. I love you. God bless you. But there is no purpose to you making a list if you can't recognize that the singular story of yesterday was Lamar Jackson. The opening drive was beautiful from Todd Munkin. That was. Sec- but nobody's taking anything away from Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin. They're not de- rushing to the line of scrimmage anymore. Consideration I, it- to be on the list. To make him number one and to not put Lamar Jackson on your list is like saying, I don't want to make lists. Lamar Jackson was the story of the football game, individually, was in control of the football game from start to finish. It doesn't matter if he should be or not. It still happened. It still occurred. You're trying to make it seem like that means that it didn't happen. The game was played. Lamar Jackson dominated the football game. Oh, boy. We haven't had one of these in a long time. This is... As absurd yeah, Lamar, Lamar, as absurd. A lot gets. of guys played great yesterday. It's not Everybody. about whether or not other guys played great. It's that one guy stood out among them. Yeah, Geno Stone. No, definitely not Geno Stone. He made a heck of a he play. He played 100% of the snaps. Wonderful. And, God and bless w- him. He, he does this Williams yesterday when he, when he's a seventh round pick and you uh-huh. have zero expectations for him. And he it's a wonderful game, thing. And the Geno Stone deserves to be on the list because of it. As you saw, he was my number two. He deserves to be on your list. But this is spitting in the face of analysis. This is, I think I'm some, you're not that. The player of the game by far, by a billion, is Lamar Jackson. I thought this was going to be the easy way for us to spin around and do the lamar meter But instead, I got to deal with this. I just, just don't even bother watching the games if we're not going to do this. Lamar Jackson was the player of the game. By far. It's not hard. The off- I mean, everyone played <sighs> so well together yesterday that it, that, that it was hard to pick anyone. And I think it, it's not hard to pick the guy that was orchestrating it. It's Todd not hard. No. Yeah. Todd Munkin called great plays. I, I thought Todd Munkin was deserving of consideration. This is absurd. Is Trippy still there? Uh, I got to talk so, to yeah. I got to talk to somebody that I, yes. I, I trust, I respect more. Trippy, what's up, buddy? How are you, pal? Hey, what's up? My bad. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Glenn, I'm in your favorite store. You hear the music? I'm at Royal Farms. I was trying to grab a charger ah. with my phone right now. Ah, God, love me some Rofo chicken. There's nothing better than that. What's going on, brother? I like you, the tender. You get, you get back safely? Everything good? Yeah. Oh, y'all had no charger? Oh, my God. 
Uh, can I just take this real quick? But um, yeah, Glenn, I had a ball yesterday. I loved, I loved having Trippy check in during Project Game Day. He was actually handing the phone to the guys. It was, it was cool. Did you like that yesterday? That was fun, man. I love that, dude. That I'm, was... I'm, I'm gonna do that some more. I'm trying to get Hallball in the mo. I actually was trying to get Mike over there, but the security guard, yeah, like, yeah, they heard... wanted to come over there. But... The security guards was like, no, with all that. So that was maybe fun. next home game, I'll get something going on. I love I love how much the guys love you. I love that. I love that they know yeah. that you're part of this thing. I think that was really all cool. Right, all right, so explain to me, because I, I, I want everybody to vote for you, but what, what explain to me what it is they're voting for you for. I don't I don't I don't understand fully what exactly it is that they need to vote for you for. Oh, what 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 they voting for? The fan oh, of the I'm year. Trying win, I'm trying to win fan of the year. So you can go on NFL.com or just Google Fan of the Year and anybody that want to vote for me, just, well, you know my name, okay. Keon Fisher. So. All right, I got so. you now. NFL Fan of the Year, uh, there's a whole video there, and you can go vote right now for, you just click the Get Started button, and it'll allow you the opportunity. I'm going to nom. oh, I see now. I get it. Okay, I'm nominating someone else. I'm nominating you. Oh, I dig that. I'll do that right now. I will do that today, Trip. You got it. Okay, appreciate that. Um, who when is, is the next? When is the next show? We will next Tuesday night. Oh, th- which show? Which show are you talking about? You talking about the post? We're doing that every game. Every game. All- oh, I know about. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm locked. I'm locked in with that. I'm talking about the Tyus. Five the show. Tyus, one week from tomorrow night. Yeah. Not tomorrow night. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we're at Guilford okay. Hall, bro. Oh, oh yeah. All right, I got you. I'll be there. Yeah. How'd everybody treat you in Cincinnati yesterday? Oh man. Um. I'm gonna do, if my phone cut off, that means it died. But I was telling uh, the fan earlier, them fans, they had no class. Like, they frustrating their offense can't score. They, you know, they finally score. They throwing water bottles. Actually, ain't th- it ain't hit me. But, you know, a fan, like, next to me, and I'm like, wow, do you got Bengals fans fussing. Like, man, if they hit my son, I'm going to F you up and all that. I'm like, wow. So, you know, they kept talking trash. Like, oh, when a playoff game, you know what I told them? I don't know how it feels to lose in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I never lost. Oh, so you know good. that you know that made him mad. You so. didn't you didn't but bump into the, you didn't bump into the dude. Did you yeah. see the video of the Bengals fan that was already arrested and headbutted a guy as he was? Did yeah. you see that hey, video? Hey, hey Glenn, you know what? Hey Glenn, you know what's funny though? I saw that dude in the smoking section. I lied to you not, and I I think I dabbed him up. <laughs> Yo, that guy is that guy is nuts, man. They were. Uh, I they think were, he was. I think he was too drunk, though. Probably. But. I think that is probably the case, man. Uh, that was. Uh, that's. A, if you have not seen that video, just search like Bengals fan on Twitter. It is wild. Yeah, yeah but I had a ball though. It felt good to finally come back from Cincy and have a win. No so. doubt, man. No doubt. That was yeah. a good day. That's what I keep trying to tell everybody. Like, enjoy this. That was as good as you thought it was. Like, that was as yeah. a good of a win. Like, the way that you were feeling afterwards, the way John Harbaugh was celebrating afterwards, that's deserved. That was his yeah, good. Even with, even with Odell Beckham going down, you see how, like, yep. the, the, the receiver stepped up. I love it. Like, no that's, what that's what I love to see. No doubt, man. That was a hell of a win for the Ravens yesterday in Cincinnati. All right, bro. Uh, uh, all get, right, bro. Get, I'll get up with you, okay? Get your charger. We'll talk soon, all right? Let's appreciate you. All right, my guy. Okay. That, that's my guy, Trippy. Love that dude. Love that dude. Might, might, might let him do pats on the ass moving forward. <laughs> they look at some other people's lists I mean, and see if anybody else. Uh, from Shauna, one Lamar. List. 
Two McCary, three Clowney, four McDonald, five Stone. McDonald, that's interesting. That's an interesting choice. Uh, from Dan, five Clowney, four Stone, three McCary, two Zay, one Lamar. It's a running theme. Here's somebody that at least didn't have Lamar number one. Uh, I did find one of those. It's Ken Zalis didn't have Lamar number one. Sure as hell didn't leave him off the list, but I I would I'm befuddled by why he's five. Five Ken Zalis has Lamar five, four McCary, three Queen. There's other guys to Two highlight. Stone, yeah. one Harbaugh. Noah, five uh Clowney, four Stone, three McCary, two Munkin, one Lamar. Uh Jay, five Hill. Eh, okay. I mean he was I, I couldn't I couldn't get him on the list, but you know, I, I have no problem recognizing that um the combo of he and Gus Edwards, we talked about this on the postgame show, the combo of he and Gus Edwards was effective and probably eased some concerns. I saw a report this morning that like Cam Akers is back on the trade block because Kyron Williams has sort of solidified himself as the guy in L.A. Um, and I, I feel like... Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know. I know. I, I don't I, and that's the other thing, too. Like is somebody, he better than... But what's the price, yeah. too, right? right? Like If the price right. was a, a... They just... It's 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 not going to work anymore. That between everything that happened last season and him not getting the role this year, that's not going to work. And the price was a seventh round pick or a pick swap, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I'm not telling you I think you need to do it, but I'm not going to say no either, just because I've always liked Cam Akers' skill set, and I w- I would need to know more about why he's fallen out of favor in L.A if he really just has been a different guy since the injury and he's never regained what we saw during the Super Bowl season before he got hurt, I, you know, I, I would just want to know a little bit more about those circumstances. But it, it, it certainly eased your concerns about the Ravens' need for a running back, seeing that how that duo performed. Not to, to swear that either one of them were overwhelming, but the two of them in concert kind of worked together. Um, so I would have I don't have an issue with recognizing Justice Hill. Um, Matt Jurgensen goes five Munkin, so he's got him on the list. Four Clowney, three Stone, two Aguilar, and yes, one Lamar Jackson. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. This is this is teetering on sus- suspendable Suspicious. offense. Okay, suspendable offense. Right. Right. Not from the show. Like you'd still. You know, he'd have to produce the show, but like suspended from pats on the ass type of territory. That is a, an egregious, I don't know how to describe it. Is is it is it that you're purposely trying to be no. contrarian? No. That's what I, I got to get the I, bottom I, I of. Like, I like highlighting the guys that you I have know, no problem don't with that. But there's a difference between highlighting guys and if we did a segment about other guys that don't that deserve some love versus we're supposed to be doing like an authoritative I said, segment. I thought this was such a good team win that, you know, no one guy, I mean, besides Geno Stone, really rove, rose above. No, certainly not. He made the biggest play. Nobody's debating that. But as far as performance for the game, one guy absolutely rose above. I, and I, I just don't know. I don't know how to respond to this. Like, I can't have a legitimate football conversation because there's no legitimate football conversation to be had about it. So then I got to ask if, like, you're doing some sort of wacky bit. No, I'm not. Because we don't do, like, we do wacky bits. I'm fine with wacky bits, but we announce when we're doing wacky bits. This is supposed to be, you know, like an actual meaningful list of some sort. And so if I'm, I'm torn between which is worse, you doing a wacky bit versus you somehow not acknowledging that Lamar Jackson was not again it's one thing to say he wasn't the best player he was definitely the best player on the field you don't even have him as one of your top five 
do you see why that would be concerning? Yeah, sure. I mean, like, I just, I, there were guys that made big plays, and I become so used to it with Lamar that, you know, it just. But it doesn't change what happened. Like, when we had the conversation about, like, Kevin Zeitler, we say, hey, it's sometimes we just miss it. It's also one thing because he's one of five offensive linemen. You, no one offensive lineman can dominate a game. But if today, for example, somebody said, you put Sam Mustafer on your list instead of Patrick McCary, I think Patrick McCary is better yesterday, but I acknowledge, right? Like, that's, Sam Mustafer stepped in, did a hell of a job. I can see why you'd want to put him on the list. But there's, you understand there's a big difference between that and leaving the best player on the field completely off the list, right? I like, mean, I guess I can see that, yeah, but, like, I, again, like, there were so many different guys right, that, that again, were part of this game. I understand, and you want to put them all on the list, and you can't put them all on the list. Yeah. But like, So th- Lamar got left off of mine. Right, but yeah. that's that's the problem. You see, everything's okay right up until that part. <laughs> like, we're all good. You're trying to roll that right into the next part of it. You don't get to roll it right into the next part of it. You can't leave the definitive player of the game off the list entirely. I would be, if Ken was sitting here doing pats on the ass with us, I would laugh in his face about the idea of Lamar being number five. That's absurd. But at least he put him on the list. I think the game, like, I don't have a problem with anyone that could have been one yes, uh, yeah, one yesterday. Well, no, like, not anyone could have been one I yesterday. Mean, I think so. No, like, there's an argument the, you can make for Munkin, for McCary, for... Um, if, if you really wanted to say, I put Lamar, if, if queen, you came really. in and said, it was difficult for me to differentiate between how much of it was Lamar specifically versus how much of it was the play calling, that could justify a scenario in which you put Lamar 2 and Munkin 1, right? Like, if you had done that, I I would still debate, but I would I would have, I, I, I wouldn't be dismissive of the list altogether. I would get the argument that you're making. Hey, the play calling was so good that I feel like maybe the play calling was even more. I would disagree, but there's always room for disagreement, right? Like, that's fine. But that would only work if it was Munkin 1, Lamar 2. Like, that you're acknowledging, hey, the story was in the second half, the Ravens. We all, we all know the story of the game was not the Ravens' defense. And while, yes, Geno Stone made the play of the game, Let's also not pretend like he made six other significant plays during the course of the game. There's no argument for it. He played every set. He led the team in tackles. That's that's those are neat things. Yeah. And I'm happy for him. And making the play of the game is enough that he managed to crack through a number two. Lamar Jackson leaving him off the list. Every makes guy me had their moment yesterday. That's fine, but one guy, Lamar one and no, Todd Munkin, no, and all guy, the guys I listed. No, before. Lamar Jackson wasn't the same as Sam Mustafer yesterday. And again, you have Sam Mustafer ahead of Lamar Jackson on your yeah, list. Yeah, that's not okay. Given that's the not, circumstances and the situation, of what happened? Way to make a yes, list. you can't just say because I want to recognize other guys, I'm going to ignore that one player was. Was not, the I'm not ignoring. dominant player. It, by the way, a lot of people have said over the years, well, wouldn't, isn't it the quarterback? I, we had this conversation before. Yeah. Well, it's the quarterback. Aren't they always the most important player? No, we did this list last week after the Ravens won a game, and neither one of us had Lamar Jackson on the list. Because you can analyze a game and recognize when the quarterback is the guy and when the quarterback isn't. And in analyzing that game yesterday, if you can't recognize that the quarterback was the guy, I, there's kind of no hope here. We kind of can't do the segment. It, it it loses value, right? Like, if you're just going to say, well, the quarterback's supposed to do that, then there's no point to this. Let's just call it something else. 
Like, we're still supposed to be analyzing the game. And in the context of the 60 minutes that were played, one player had a more significant impact on the game than everyone else did. There's, there's no getting around that. And again, if somebody had said that last week, if somebody last week had said, Lamar Jackson is my number one, I would do the same exact bit. If you had come in last week and been like, dude, Lamar Jackson was most, get out of here. That's not the case. That didn't happen. But yesterday, it happened. My expectations are him, for him are so high. It's, it's it, whatever your expectations are doesn't get to ignore what happens. It's not an ignorance of it. It is. No. It is. Like it's you don't not. have to. It is. You can't ignore the way that the game was played. You can't ignore who controlled the game. That when every time they needed a play in the second half, there was a guy that was making all of those plays. Whether it was throwing the ball and obviously some spectacular throws or Make pulling it down yeah, and it running good. himself. It was, it was good. It Everybody played a role. You're, you're saying something that you're trying to make. These two things don't... I think that these this the they, list today, they, because of how good the win was yesterday, it could have literally been there anyone. There could have been any... Not for, a for two to five, there could have been any one of ten guys. Probably more than that. Maybe. Eh. I don't know how many more than 10 there could have been. Yeah, you can see you are getting mad. You're throwing things. Yeah, I was throwing the remote. Knocked it right off the table. From two to five, any one of a group of guys could have been on that list. But there was no debating who number one was. None. I think there is. None. There's not. There's definitely not. And it's so much worse that you left him off the list. Given they're playing the Bengals and the secondary or the the wide receivers of the Bengals and Geno Stone doesn't come off the field. It's all good. That's why he was definitely worthy of being number two. There's no debate about it. And, again, as crazy as it would be for you to have Geno Stone at one and Lamar at two, at least, again, I could have listened to the argument. You could have made a compelling argument for your list if you had put Geno Stone at one and Lamar two. You still would have been wrong, but it would have been a compelling argument that you could make. There is no compelling argument at all, and it's it's concerning when it comes to list making that Lamar Jackson wasn't on your list. I mean, yeah. That's concerning about the ability to talk about the football games. Like that it worries me in that capacity that like Still you're trying Lamar to Jackson do and what he, some what he's sort done. of bit, some sort of shit about the football game. It's just how I instead how of just I saw talking the game yesterday. about what happened. That's concerning. Lamar Griffin. played a big role. Like, if as you're, did if you're con- 40 if, other if guys. If you think that Sam Mustafer was more important to the Ravens winning yesterday than Lamar Jackson was, I'm concerned about how you see the game. Like that's what I'm telling you. That it's more concerning to me if you had just said, look, man, it was I was doing kind of a bit and I just wanted to put somebody else on the list, then I would say, dude, stop doing that. I understand, but stop doing that. Okay. It's more well, it, it's- concerning that you would watch that football game and try to, with a straight face, suggest that Sam Mustafer was a more important story of how the Ravens won the game than Lamar Jackson was. I that's, think there were so many stories. That's, that says I don't went. understand, like, football like That's, i can't do okay. this well I, I disagree you can disagree I, do I don't i don't have the words here i don't have the words for this yes john colson yes i've been analyzing this never-ending conversation oh it's never going to end and i think i can help griffin here i still think he's wrong but i think i can help him here mm-hmm i think what he's trying to articulate griffin if i'm putting words yeah, in go, your go mouth for it. No, go for it john is that the people he chose dramatically overperformed their expectations and Lamar Jackson performed 
up to his $250 million and expectations. If, so the center dramatically overperformed no his question. expectations. And Therefore, if, he's higher ranked in Griffin's mind ha- than Lamar, if, who merely did what he's supposed to if do. If we made Thank a you. list of... Five players who outperformed expectations the most, and that's why I that would be a relevant. That's thing why to say. I di- no, that's why I didn't say What's Griffin was correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't say Griffin was correct. I only said I think I understand oh, I where think, he's coming from I, and not articulating but again, it this as well is as he thing. possibly I think what, could. What, what you're because he's young. What you're missing is <laughs> I'm now at a crossroads. Of whether I can keep doing the segment or not, right? Like it's a because well, if, well because now that he the, knows if the segment's going to be hijacked but by now I knows. just want to put my guys on the list that I want to put on. I think he then knows. I kind of so, can't okay, do so the then, segment. Yeah, then I guess I don't understand how patch. It's it's a subjective list, right? I mean, so yes, of course it's, it's a subjective. It's pass on the ass. You overperformed your I expectation. Saw, yeah. I'm not patting Lamar Jackson on the ass. He did exactly what I expected of him for two hundred fifty million dollars. That's good job, that's buddy. Then, then, yeah. then, I got then it. we've lost the ability to talk about Lamar Jackson, and then it's a bigger problem. Well, no, right? I, I, like, I can we, still recognize. What no, no, no. He no did we, was, this is uh, this is important to talk about, right? Okay. Because this is a small thing that you're doing. It's it's again, it's a speck on the pimple on the ass, but it's going to come up con- consistently, right? That it's going to happen all the time. There are going to be people that say, "Well, you know, this is the way it works. You get paid two hundred fifty. It's not when somebody plays well, they play well." When somebody doesn't play well, they don't play well. What we don't do is when we do, if the Ravens lose next week, we don't say, well, you know, sure, this guy gave up five touchdowns, but let's not talk about it because it's Rocky Scene and we don't expect a whole lot out of Rocky Scene. The game still was played, and what happened within the course of the game happened, and you don't ignore it. And that's why there's, of course, plenty of room. It's what I said. The entire debate about who else is on the list is fine, and there's room to talk about expectations for Sam Mustafer versus Look, I agree else. with you that, that, that Lamar Jackson should be on any list like it's that. It's insane. I'm just saying that I see where he's coming I, from I because can, it's really— But that's he, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get to the bottom of is, can I just say, dude, you got to know better moving forward, and we can have a come to Jesus where we understand that we can't just do our hipster lists and— <laughs> Like, and this is a young person. Dude, I remember being in this, like, I want to prove that how smart I am thing, right? Like, I want to seem like I know something more than other people know. I've all, everyone oh, goes let through the that. kid go. Because if that's going to be the case. I like, don't mean let him go from the company. I mean, let him <laughs> well, go. I don't from know. This, I don't know. this particular segment but this week if, and see if how he improves next that's, week. That's my, what Maybe I'm really he should trying, be in the segment next this week for is, his improvement. Oh, yeah, I should have given Griffin a pat on the ass if he makes a better next list. Next week if he does. We'll see. We'll see. What I'm really trying to say is, <laughs> the sixth pack. can I keep doing this? Because if it's going to be hijacked by... Oh, you're not going to stop. I want to put... Well, stop. Stop. You've been whoa, doing things for years. Gonna me yeah, that would be the question. Do I let Griffin participate? Yeah, give him a redo next week. See if, he's, oh, thank, see thank if, he, yeah. see if he does it. I think there's no question. I, should I thought you were a redemption guy. I like redemption. Are you a redemption guy or not? Sometimes redemption has to come with a, a, a sideline, right? <laughs> like Sometimes people need to be benched for a week. Before uh, they I get think, that opportunity, I, I, I think again. well, if he does it again next week, the benching seems reasonable. Okay, all right, but so but the, I I think a little redemption. I dude, I remember. I absolutely remember being. How old are you? Twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. I remember being twenty three and wanting to prove to everyone. How seventeen smart years I was. ago. Yeah, seventeen years ago, one hundred percent. I I was working on one oh five seven. I was working and I wanted to prove that I knew football, like uh-huh. all of those things. And because of that, I would just try to do hipster, douchey things. And I had to be I don't think out. he's trying to do this. I think he's I, looking at it from a different perspective. I think yeah. that, that, that you're— Now he's you hanging on. You don't, I don't think you like the I vocabulary mean, I, I'm using, 
but I think we're saying the same thing. I, I think, think we are too. He's trying to to think that I'm going to put other people on this list, and I'm not going to put just I'm not going to be the blind sheep that just says Lamar Jackson all the time, which I don't want yeah, to do. So you should have put Lamar Jackson fifth. That at, at worst, <laughs> at worst, which I, mean, I still would have. But thought I would was say insane. the center whose name I can't pronounce. Sam Mustafer. It's not that hard. I don't would know why. That, I know. Would I don't it would have been would have been near the top of my list. Aguilar uh, would have been uh, uh, no because I'm also a believer in they dramatically outperformed expectations. And that, yes. by the way, I have a problem with too. We're treating this guy like he is a and we, also ran a guy off the street. That's not who he is. He is a starting NFL center that just happened to be in a position where instead of putting on the active roster, they put him on the practice squad because they plan to elevate him from the practice squad because of the rules this he'd year. Been, we it's are, hard to take my emotions out of it because he's a local guy. He'd too, been cut. What's right? that? I mean, he had been cut, No, he was right? signed he was, as a free, was a free agent. agent. Okay, yeah. I didn't he even He was signed that. as a free agent okay. by the Baltimore Ravens. That's fair. He was a starting caliber NFL center. And I think that's part of it is that we are missing his story because we're treating him like a practice squad guy. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's not what he is. No, that's he is fair. He's a starting NFL center that just And happened. I heard Anita yesterday say she looked him up, didn't even realize he was from like Owings Mills or something, right? Or was that another player? Anita. <laughs> Anita. Oh, my <laughs> God. Anita. Rita. 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 Sorry, Rita. <laughs> oh, my God. Anita Marks. Did yeah, you even work with Anita? Anita Marks, yeah. I thought you were gone from CBS by the time. She no, no, there. no, no. I was You're there. still there. Okay. Yeah, I right. was there. I definitely worked with Anita. I like. I actually liked Anita. That's I like the funny it part. too. I really liked Anita. We got along fine. Everybody I did too. Tells, everybody tells me their Anita stories, and I'm like, I, she flew in for our uh, yeah, 10th anniversary, anniversary party. party. I mean, yeah, I, I've always, absolutely. I've no, always I, got I, along I, with Anita. I, I think she's really, cool, really well. So anyway, guys, um, thank you. Yes, he's a local guy. You can't I'm, just say he's a local guy. So he gets to make. John, I appreciate that. It's a really bizarro world. Like you know, John knows. And he's just trying to defend you for the sake of being nice. Appreciate it. But he yeah. knows. Well, I mean, yeah, and in the right. nicest I, I way possible. Find a way to articulate myself better, yeah. But it still doesn't justify it. Like, that's the part. Don't let... There's objective... Don't, no, no. Yeah, don't let that part of it be missed. He's trying to be nice to you, but what you're hearing, and this is why there's danger in somebody being nice, you're choosing to hear the part where you think he's backing you up. He's no, not I saying it as loud. I, no, he's I telling you you're he's, wrong. He's helping me, you know, find a way to articulate my thoughts right, better. But which, still telling is, you you're wrong. Which is definitely true. <laughs> like that part, don't miss that part. You're wrong. I, no, I don't think I'm wrong. There's you there's are many. There's many. So many different there's guys. No, there's no debate about this. This is the problem. Is I that had, you're not willing to accept it. The problem gotta, is that you can't just acknowledge. All right, I goofed on this one. If you could just do that, we'd be I okay. I don't think I did. You did. There's no getting around it. You can't make a list of a who were the most important players on a football game without including Lamar Jackson yesterday. It even, can't be done. Even if I did go back, is, is there? Am I allowed to change my pass on the pass on the ass? Oh no, no, you have to own it now. You have to own it now, but you have to be willing to acknowledge it. Like I, I'm acknowledging that Lamar had a great game, yeah, no, but no, there were guys that based on who they are. No, that's not the list. That if we said, let's do the fi- list of five guys. That most outperformed expectations, then I would understand that. But we don't have that list. That's not what we're doing. Yeah, it's pass on the ass. Correct. It's it's holy. There's sanctity. So to you're it. moving this to eighty? Not to eighty, no. Since, he, since Lamar's so good. Lamar meter update. Well, he was very good yesterday. Yeah, he was. Lamar meter update. Oh yeah, I guess this is a thing we Griffin's so wow. frustrated because he got called out. What I mean. Big jump. Big jump. 24%. Wow. 24%. 4% increase, huh? I don't even know if that actually is 24% or not, but 24% is where the Lamar meter goes today. Well, it's scientific, so yes. Uh, if you weren't with us last week, we brought back the Lamar meter. The Lamar meter Lamar. now reflects percentage chance that the Ravens will win a Super Bowl during the life of Lamar Jackson's five-year contract. 
and the Lamar meter bumps up today to 24%. Part of it is just the comfort that Lamar Jackson had with this offense. Like It's one thing that he played really well, to the point we've seen Lamar Jackson play really well. We're not stunned that Lamar Jackson played really well, but it's seeing the comfort level within this offense and how he orchestrated this offense. And as I was talking about last night, and I can't remember who I was talking about it with, there is reason to believe that it might still be ascending, that this might still be knocking off rust, perfecting the offense, perfecting the terminology. There could be layers to all of it, and yet it was that good yesterday. There's, there's no getting around it. It's why no idiot would leave him off a list of players to, of the game. It'd be insane. 24% is where the number is today. No, it's because my Lamar meter, as I told you, was already at 49%. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> so, so he's no longer capable of doing anything. So we just ignore if he plays I, in a football game. It's we, like he doesn't exist. We have different expectations of Lamar. It's not about expectations. It's about what happened. I think Matt, Lamar Jackson should play well every game. But when he does, we acknowledge it. When he didn't, and last week he didn't, we acknowledge that. You still, the games still happen, and you still acknowledge what happens in the games. Like, you don't suddenly say, well, this guy's supposed to be good, so they're no longer allowed to be good. Like, what? What kind of big brain stuff is that? Like he is a lot. He is, and he was good. He was good. But the, the best there were player guys on the field that played better. No, there yeah, weren't. There were guys that played well too. There were not guys that played better. This is the thing. No one was more significant in the story of the Ravens winning the football game. When no I go one. into the game thinking that we're going to lose because we have our backup set and our backup tackle, those our are backup safety. Sto- you're, you're pretending like I'm saying those guys don't deserve credit. A new offensive coordinator when the offense did not look good last week. In the, from when it won to minute sixty. By the way, if the, if the first half had replayed out in the second half, like if they played, he played the exact same way from half one to half two, we wouldn't be having this conversation. In the first half, he was good, but he wasn't otherworldly. In the second half, everything changed. And in the second half, that's how they won the football game. So that's where it is. 24%. That's the number. That's where we are. Lamar Jackson, uh, the chances the Ravens win the Super Bowl. With uh, Lamar Jackson in this contract, the Lamar meter bumps up. 24% is the number. All right, we'll grab one more break. When we come back in, we'll recap picks for the week, and um, then we will get to Tubular in a tidbit to wrap it up for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here as we wind down for a Monday edition of the program. It is time for us to recap picks. That's the bad news for me this week, of course. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, week, get, huh? get, you can get the heat off you for a second here. So you got good news there. <laughs> Picks recap uh, brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at pressboxonline.com. There's uh, now Griffin. Uh, do you, are you familiar with this person here on the cover? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, familiar uh, with so Lamar Jackson got paid $250 Lamar million, Jackson, dollars, more yeah. than that actually. Correct. That's that's the thing that happened. Uh, he played really, really yeah, well. He played up yesterday. to it. He played yeah, up to yeah, it yesterday. Yeah. I would say so. He was brilliant. All right. Um, you go pick up that issue. Cover story from Bo Smolka about Lamar Jackson and why. Th- by the way, this is very fascinating. 
why we're not capable of talking about Lamar Jackson correctly anymore. Right there in that print issue at Pressbox. Go get it right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Picks recap for the week. Uh, we began on, actually began on Thursday night, and what ended up being the difference, because Griffin and I picked pretty much every game diff- yeah. the same this weekend, except for Navy-Memphis. By the way, if you think if you think because half of this is shoot and half of this is kayfabe, what we're doing this morning, what wasn't kayfabe at all is that there was a small moment on Thursday night where Griffin's job was in jeopardy. Yeah, we got caught up in the heat of the moment. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I was recording a podcast when that happened and legitimately lost it. Like, was not capable of continuing the podcast. Griffin was very excited that he had won this week's side bet and lost concept of reality in the moment and i'll choose not to talk about it any further because i'm not trying to but that 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 was a problem this is half kayfabe half shoot that yeah was, I, I understand i see i saw my error I, I, i'm not yeah whoo oh boy better judgment moving forward huh imagine imagine you just lost a football game Heartbreaking fashion. Played well enough to win and lost. And someone that you thought was an ally to you was celebrating the fact that you had lost a football game. Not a good sign. Not a good sign. Anyway, but they did. They did cover. That did happen, and that's what mattered to Griffin. He and uh, Ryan Shell were on Navy. They were good Americans. and made exactly, that exactly. Uh, really frustrating as... They genuinely had a chance to win that game. Really did. And uh, they were, there yeah. was a 14-point spread. So that was a big bummer that they didn't get that. But also really weird that they have another bye week this week. I don't know what that – that's a very strange schedule for Navy football. Like, I, you know, you'd say, well, they, they went out and played in week zero, right? But then they were off week one. So everything was normal after that. So this is their first bye week already in week four. It's very weird. Very, very weird. Friday night uh, was a slow start, and I bet, my God, I could only imagine how smug Ken Zalas was feeling. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, in fact, thought about tweeting something about it at the end, like pour one out for KZ, because he had to be feeling about as smug as any human had ever felt in their life when Maryland was down 14 to nothing. I, somehow, uh, Mike Locksley's got to convince his team that they're down 14 nothing when the yeah, game but- begins. <laughs> It's a very weird bit. A little, I mean, they got a blown, very the first touchdown of the game again in back-to-back weeks mm. is after a blown coverage in the secondary, so. Not good. Can't do that against. But for the second straight week, they shake it off, and they get the job done the way that you thought they should have gotten the job done as they beat Virginia 42-14 to on Friday night. Um, that one was a little bit more split. Paul, Ryan, Kyle Ottenheimer, and KZ were all on at Virginia. As uh, you know, KZ, the rest of the season is just going to continue to say whoever Maryland will not cover. He will pick against Maryland in every game, including embattled Michigan State this week. KZ will pick Michigan State despite everything they're going through. And then uh, Andrew, St- I would say it was a good week to be a um, a lone wolf, but the two lone wolves that actually won their games this week then went together on another pick and both lost it. So they actually gave their lone wolf win back, the two of them uniquely. Uh, but Andrew Stecka was the only one on Colorado State, and uh, Colorado didn't come close to covering the 23-and-a-half-point spread. They needed damn near miracles just to get into overtime. Uh, they ultimately did get into overtime and win the game. Uh, obviously, the Travis Hunter thing, do we, do, is yeah. there any update on I saw I think they think he's going to be out three weeks. Okay, that's not ideal. Yeah. 
Um, and they got uh, USC and Oregon. In yeah, this game, it's, so. it's, yeah, Oregon this week, and then USC. Yeah, that's uh, that's problematic. I, look, I I think the reality is as fun of a story, and this was over. Look, it was over the top this week. It was over the top that both part of it, as I said, was about there not being good games this week, but that both like of the national pregame shows were at this game. Look, I don't care what celebrities. Celebrities can do whatever they want, right? Like, God bless them. Okay? You know, The Rock wants to hang out at Colorado football by all means. I don't care about any of that stuff at all. But the way we're talking about this story is a little detached from reality. I think Colorado is a good story. But treating them like they're suddenly a national championship contender, it was a bit much. Remarkable that they were able to figure out a way to win the game. And if they can somehow... Then we'll talk about it then. But I think it's more appropriate to let's let's talk again in two weeks and see where Colorado is at that point. Still doesn't mean that it's not a great story. Just let's try to keep it in our pants. Like there were people talking about like the ninety eight yard driving Shador Sanders Heisman moment. I'm like, Wow. Well, I mean it could be it's week three. No. If they No. Without, I mean it's gonna no. be tough without Travis Hunter. I mean most got- of the Heisman voters went to bed. Like, that was oh, not so, his Heisman okay. moment. Oh, so that, that's not going to come back. Yeah, like, very few of them will remember that. I mean, that. they're undefeated, and if they continue to... Yes, then then he'll do meaningful things in games that mattered and then making that run. This was... Like, the he fact that they it. needed that is as concerning as anything else, and also their defense... can. What's that? Yeah, but he did it. I, it doesn't mean that he didn't do it. I'm not saying that. Does Shador come back next year, uh, you think? The I, saw some, I saw some conversation yeah, I about that. Back. I don't know. I have I, no idea. There's talk all of a sudden about him being in the conversation at quarterback three in the draft. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the Thursday night game in the NFL was a wash for us as uh, Minnesota's massive, late touchdown. Massive yeah, cover. Late touchdown got them uh, not a cover. That's not what a well, cover is. I mean, a push. That is that'll it's count. a push for you. It mattered because of the side bet, but you don't get to you don't get to take credit for a point you didn't get. I didn't. There lose. Is no point. I didn't there. lose. No one lost. I. I it's most a push. Certainly didn't. I understand that it's a push. Uh, stunner to me. Yeah, in, really. In Atlanta yesterday, as the Falcons not only. I mean, I. I'd say they covered. They would have to win in order to cover because it was a one-point spread. Um, we got it at one. I think it moved like all the way down to Falcons minus three, though. Falcons minus three? Yeah, that's what Wait, I so. That's what I saw. It bounced back to the other. The Falcons were favored. Once Watson and uh, were ruled Aaron out. Jones got ruled out on Sunday yeah. morning. Uh, Atlanta wins outright by a point, and so John Proctor was a lone wolf on that pick. And again, that would matter more. I'll skip ahead. Except, So John Proctor and Andrew Stecka got lone wolves. But then the two of them were the only ones on New England against Miami. By the way, I happen to know that Jeremy Kahn was heavy, heavy he on liked, New England. I know he liked the Patriots. Heavy on New England. I never understood it. Now, ironically, it almost—I mean, it should have. Should have? No, I did. Miami. I, the game should have still continued. I mean, that oh I, no! Only because you wanted you wanted it to continue because it was so cool. Well, how do you overturn Wait, that? Because it was obvious. No, there, it wasn't. No, there was it indisputable. Was... The ball never touched the yard line. We could see that from a mile away. The ball was short of the. In fact, I, I get it. Who's the the Sunday the NBC guy? Terry. Uh, is yeah, that Terry, Terry McAuliffe? Yeah, Terry, Terry McCauley. Terry McCauley. Yes. Yeah, Terry McAuliffe was a governor. Terry McCauley explained that. I, I don't know that anyone's. And normally, I don't think he's that good. Right. Normally, I think he's not. He's one of the worst ones. I, you know, Blaine, Blandino's okay. Uh, Pereira was always the best because Pereira would explain, in a way, the quickness he was the guy that with which Terry McCauley, in a moment where we were all still reeling from, this is the coolest thing we've ever seen, 
said, by the way, he didn't reach the yard marker. And we're all like, what? Because on when you see it live, it absolutely appears. Because you don't see the ball from the side the camera was. The arm was down on the yard line. If the arm, if the ball's here and the arm's down on the yard line, it's impossible for the ball to have reached the yard line. And I, with the marker no. being exactly at the yard line, the, mar- the marker was exactly at the 29. It wasn't the 29 and a half. It was at the 29-yard line, which made it a- easily clear that if your arm, if you're laying this way and your arm is on the line, then the ball that's on this side of your arm can't be at the yard line. And then when you look at it again from that straight down the line shot, it becomes abundantly clear they were right. Now it sucks because it wipes out one of the coolest plays we've ever seen. And I don't hate the Patriots the way that I used to, so like, you know. <laughs> and I could have still got Miami could have gone right back down and gotten three points and still could have gotten a cover. But there is no dispute about whether they got the call right. It just sucks because you don't want it to be right. Like, you wanted them to leave ambiguity there. But there is no ambiguity. There is no debate. He was 1,000% short. They nailed that call. That's one of the all-time, you know, great review process, get-it-right moments with everything, all of the excitement of that moment and it appearing so clear in live action that he had gotten it. It is, that that is the point of why we have this. And we hate that in some circumstances because... We say, like, what is the, if you can't go back and see that, what's the point of any of this? Like, if, for example, at the end of the Washington Denver game, where they just blatantly miss the pass interference in the end zone on the two point conversion, you're like, what is the point of replay if we can't get these things right? Well, the point of replay is to get that right. And we just don't like it because in this moment, it took away the cool thing. You're saying it's obvious. It's I abundantly not, obvious. No, abundantly. It's abundantly obvious. And he couldn't he have done a better job. His arm is on the 29 yard line, and the ball is on the other side of his arm. The ball, the ball has in his to, arm. The, the arm is between the ball and the end zone. The arm is here. The end zone's there. The ball is here. If his arm is on the 29-yard line, the ball can't be because the ball is inside his arm. It's not hard. His, no, it's, he did an abundant job of explaining it. The ball, the arm is between the ball. The arm is on the outside of the ball. The ball is not up here. He's holding the ball. So there is a barrier between the ball and the yard line. It's his arm. I couldn't believe how good of a job Terry McCauley did of explaining that and making it very clear to all of us why they got it right. Within What we're looking for is to use the ambi... Well, but it's so close. Like There's supposed to be indisputable evidence. And what he's saying is there is. They can look at that... And they know, and it's indisputable. We don't want it to be indisputable. We want it to be ambiguous enough that we could just say, well, just let it count. But it's not. It is perfection of the replay system. Everything is right there. They had all of the evidence that they needed. Saw where the ball was, saw where the arm was, saw where the yard line was, and he didn't make it. There's no getting around it. There's no... Well, it was close enough. Just because it was close enough, we should just let it. Their job in that moment is to figure out if he got to the yard marker or not. And he didn't. He didn't do it. It sucks. God, it sucks. And I couldn't believe I really couldn't believe they overturned it. Like, I really couldn't believe it. Because I did think they were going to fall to the, well, it's just close enough that it's hard to overturn. 
but their job is is the call there to be made and indisputably the call was there to be made you saw exactly where the ball was in rel- in in relation to the yard line and he was not at the yard line i think that's i guess to, to your point that's why i am worked up about it because there is no consistency among when they make these calls there like, is a kind of, there's plenty of times where they seem to fall back to it's uh, yeah, it's, like it's, it's just close enough overturn, that we can yeah. so we can have that conversation about like other and times and to the pass interference point as well like how do you not no, I, it's, uh, it's, it's, yes, anything? I agree what's with all of, of those anything? things, but it doesn't make it so that we don't know what happened last night. We know exactly what happened last night. It was, as broadcasting goes, I thought Terry McCauley, like, that deserves an Emmy. That was so good. I mean, I'm not, this is not me being, that was as good of an explanation as any, and when clearly what you're feeling was like what Chris Collinsworth was trying to feel was like, you're changing. You're ending the game on this call. No, I'm not ending the game. He ended the game because he didn't get the yard line. You're 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 allowing emotion to get in the way of reality and what actually happened. And what actually happened is, you know where the arm is. You know where the ball is. You know where the yard line is. He didn't get there. To me, it just looks like he lands on the yard line. So he does. His arm lands on the yard line. Yeah, and his ball. The ball is the, the ball but he's is holding not the ball over. Weird. No, he's holding the ball like like on top. The of The arm is between the ball and the. He's the, holding it like this, and then he like the ball. Is when like on he top hits of the ground, arm. the ball is not on top of his arm. When he hits the ground, the ball is between his arm. It's it's an unreal call for them to have gotten right. It's amazing. How well they did with that. I, it's one of the most spectacular things I've seen in officiating. And I never want to give officials credit for anything. Like, I just assume they're always wrong about everything. But God, did they nail that. Either way, Miami coverage, that's... Yeah, for us, that, that was, was great that, was that Miami covered. Yes, for that part. But for football, it's God, we'd be talking about that play for... We would remember that for time. I mean, I guess the Patriots would have had to have won in order for us to remember it. So I don't, I don't know how long we would have remembered it for. But we would have remembered that play. Oh, my God. I'm watching it again. I still can't believe how well they did with that. By the way, you're, what are you talking about? The arm was the arm is clearly between the ball. No, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. What the you ball t- is like, you no, can the, see the ball is like on, top of his, on top of his forearm. Right, with the arm still between. The ball isn't on this side of his arm. Even if the t- nose of the ball is here, this is where the arm was, and the arm is at the line. No, I'm looking at it again. It's not. There's no debate. There's no I, debate. There's none. They nailed it. They couldn't. It's one of the great calls in football history. Great calls. It is. It is, man. To have gotten that right is incredible. I mean, it's really incredible in a situation how where does, it would have been easy to default how to. Does Jerry Judy not come down with that Hail Mary? Where, like, where, like, why is he oh, not the one? Oh, because you have one on your yeah. fantasy team? Like, okay. The, okay. I don't understand. Well, they wouldn't have gotten a touchdown if he had caught it. What, what? They were outside the end zone. He oh he ran out and then came no back. no it was the second bounce it took two bounces yeah yeah no well, well for Johnson, the ball to get to the end zone well I just mean like why was Judy not even in the area like the, oh like, okay like what like John like it, I don't even know who that guy was well Johnson. John I don't know was Judy not Judy was in the yeah Judy right was, so he I was, saw Judy like he was so he was probably one of the first the ones attack oh he wasn't no in yeah the he was like scrum? yeah he was like on the other side oh, of the weird. end zone yeah, exactly know, that's why like I'm like how is Judy just not yeah in the air I don't know if you heard it worked maybe they practiced it before Judy's the decoy I guess yeah right a hundred percent. Actually, you know what? It's funny you say that, but a lot of times Hail Mary plays are drawn up exactly that way. Mm-hmm. Like, we want you to think that this that is where the ball play. is going. <laughs> oh, it was awesome, <laughs> except for the fact that all of it was absurd, right? Like, all of it, every layer of that, like, the fact that... It's like, oh, I didn't you, get the... Like, you want a replay that. conversation? The play before that, we can have a replay conversation uh, the play about. The play before was the uh, that on the sideline that set up the Hail Mary, 
where I don't know with certainty that oh, he that actually he... got the foot down. Oh, okay. That one I'm not sure about. Was this Russ? Was this what Russ scrambling? No. No. Was... Uh, he threw it to the left. It was on the left side of the field. I don't remember who caught it, but it got them up close enough that he could throw a hail mary. Oh, and you're saying you think it was out of also bounds. it was as, as they described. It was a bizarre play call for a hail mary. They didn't spread anybody out. They had everybody in tight, and because of that, Washington pressured. And when they pressured, Russell's Russell Wilson's throw wasn't deep enough to get to the end right. zone. He's like, yeah. Despite the fact that they were only at the 50-yard line, he couldn't throw the ball to the end zone because they pressured because of this bizarre formation that they lined up where it was like they were trying to get you to believe that they were going to run a pitchy-pitchy woo-woo instead of running a Hail Mary. It was weird AF, every layer of it. And then it bounces twice, and the third guy is the only reason why they ended up getting a touchdown on the Hail Mary. So Judy, Judy had to have been a decoy because he literally is in the corner of the end zone. The three guys are, are like they're all converging on the ball, right. and Judy is literally in the back. Well, like, that's just a lot of times. A lot yeah. of times, that's how teams draw these types of things up. They 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 want you to think that this is where the ball is going, and then it goes somewhere else. Oh, we got to move on, yeah, because we, we got to get the yeah, uh, yeah, right, we do. Bobby Bacala before the show is over. <laughs> um, anyway, the yeah, Miami Miami covers. Uh, Kansas City, it wasn't pretty, but... I mean, Red Zone cut to this game maybe once. I, it, you know, it's funny because I was complaining about the idea of this being a 1 o'clock regional game, and yet, as it turns out... Nailed it. Definitely didn't need more of the country to see it. Um, uh, the only people that were on uh, Kansas City were Paul, Nick, John and Little Rock, and John Proctor, so they all get that point because Kansas City uh, did cover, winning 17-9. to San Francisco, L.A. God, we could talk about this for a year. Oh, just the greatest cover in football history. So why should why should there not be an investigation on this one? Like, uh, here's what I would tell what, you: Isn't it like second down? And the, there's the no most, reason. The most defensible thing about it would be it'd be twofold. One, he could say, "Well, we we could think that it would only take three seconds to um, kick a field goal." He okay. could say, "I don't know what he said after the game because I don't care enough about it," but he could say that. Two, the real argument that he should make, even if it was only about covering is he should say, I don't want my guys to get hurt. We weren't going to win the game at that point. Why am I going to run an o- another offensive play to the end zone? Like Now then you could say back, well, you could have just taken a knee. And then right, you say, maybe you can say, well, Maher it does, a it contract doesn't, thing. Yeah, well, yeah, it doesn't help us to practice taking knees. We can say it helps us to – you can come up with any number of things that you want to say. Ultimately, I get it. <laughs> Do you? I mean, I, I get it. I, no, no, not from him. I get why we're – we're all convinced that it was just about them trying to yeah. get the cover. I understand. But you could make arguments for why once the game, it's not worth doing anything else, right? Like, it's not worth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yes. That... Why why run your guys out and risk one of them getting hurt on a play that's not going to change the result of the game? Oh, by right? the way, the, well, the New England block field goal, that guy, school, schooler or whatever, yeah. that just sprinted and then came. Like, he started out Wait, wide. Wait, is it Schoonmaker? No, 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 school. School. Brendan School. Schooler. Okay. Yeah, the guy, the the guy that blocked. Oh, the, it. all right. Yeah, 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 I know who you're talking was about. Sprint, who started yeah, on the sideline? Yeah, way out and, and like sur- cycled and timed around. It out yeah, perfectly. yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. More no teams got to do that, right? I mean, uh, there's a lot of risk that goes. There is into a lot that. of risk, but like it looked like he, if if he times it wrong, he could just keep running forward, and then it's like, then there's no hurt. <sighs> okay, and just run past it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. I'm not gonna pretend like I've watched okay. enough, but it was cool. There's yeah. no doubt it was. cool. I thought it was. I was very impressed with that. Um, uh, the only people that were on San Francisco were Paul Valley, Nick Kelly, John Proctor, and Kyle Ottenheimer, so they all got that I'm point. Not getting, I'm not getting mentioned with these losers very often this week. Uh, you had a good week, but let's not oversell it. You're trying to make it seem like you went 8-0. You were just over 500. I did what I needed to do to take over number one. <laughs> okay, okay, you did do that. That's because Ken Zalas had a dreadful week. That's not really because of you. 
KZN. It was good. I'm not saying that it wasn't a good week. It was, and by the way, this week was bad for everybody. So five and three, a game over 500 was tied for first place this week. It was a bad week for picks. Um, yeah, and also, I don't. Did you do the bookkeeping? Because uh, sometimes you have the the correct team in red, and sometimes you have the wrong team in red. What do you I mean? Can't, the like, the losing team is in red. Like the losing team that did oh, not every, cover the in team red. that did not cover is the team is that's in red. red. Okay, yeah, got yeah. it, got yeah. it. The team that did not cover. So yes, those team those guys missed that point because the Rams got a spectacular cover by only uh, losing by seven, and then the Ravens, of course, covered as they were dogs on the road. And it was Paul, Nick, and KZ who missed that point. So, yeah, KZ, rough week, two and six. He falls out of the top spot. Griffin takes it over. He's a game up on KZ. He's two games up on Nick Kelly and Andrew Stecka, three on Kyle, four games up on myself, Ryan Shell, and John from Little Rock, five games up on John Proctor, and we have a new we called it the worm last year. I don't know what we call it we this call year. It we the, have a dancer, new, the, yeah, I don't know what we call it. The, the new tripe eater. Yeah, we have a new tripe. Our new tripe at the moment is Paul Valley, who's Ugh. two and six week, drops him to ten and seventeen overall, and he is six games back, only one game out of you know avoiding the bottom of the picks contest, but he is six games back overall. Still a long way to go. Everyone get their money in that they're gonna have to pay me. Uh, they got one more week. I think there's two people left that have to pay. I don't remember. Uh, okay. uh, there's one more week. Next by next Monday, everybody's gotta have their money in. Uh, can we save tidbit or is it yeah, important? Yeah, uh, pick w- quick one on uh, Puka Nakua. Had 15 mm-hmm. receptions yesterday, so 10 in the first week, 15 today. God, I, I don't, I don't wish ill on anyone, but please, Cooper Cup, do never come back. Yeah. Never come oh, you, back. Yeah. I got him in two. I leagues. missed him. I missed him. Uh, well, I missed everywhere. him in the league that we did with KZ because KZ drafted one. him. But then as soon as KZ drafted him. I went back in one of my other leagues. I was like, well, maybe he knows something. Yeah. And I picked him up on the waiver wire. And then I, my final draft was the next night. And I used my last pick on Puka Nakua. Third uh, most, 25 receptions, third most by any player, not just a rookie, through the first two games of a season. He trails only, this guy did it in 2018. He had 28. DeAndre matches. Hopkins. No. Uh, Antonio Brown. Not Antonio Brown. I don't know. Who? Uh, Michael Thomas in 2018. Oh, yeah. He had 28 right. catches. Yeah, yeah, and then 1994, sense. Andre Risen. Okay, that's weird. 26 catches. Never a Raven. Was supposed to be a Raven, never was a Raven. He, of course, was in Cleveland at the end and never came to Baltimore. Had his house burned down. Oh, really? Yeah, by Lisa Lefty Lopez from uh, the band TLC. It's a pretty big story. Pretty big story. Interesting. All right, very good. Uh, Tidbit would have been brought to you, or that was brought to you, by your local Toyota dealer and buy a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, quickly, as far as Tubular is concerned, it's brought to you by Superbook. Again, the code is GlennClark23. Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. GlennClark23 is the code. You get a first bet match up to $250, win or lose. Orioles-Astros at 8 tonight on Masson. John Means and Justin Verlander. Monday Night Football doubleheader. ESPN Saints-Panthers at 7.15. ABC Brown-Steelers at 8.15. Everything else, GlennClarkRadio.com. I assume there's nothing significant. Uh, no, there's a superpower. It's called Superpower, the documentary on Paramount+. Plus. Sean Penn went to Ukraine, like, and he was to do to film to film a documentary about uh, President Zelensky, um, and it was happened like concurrently when Russia like did their first invading in bombing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so okay. it looks, uh, looks kind That's of interesting, interesting. on Paramount+. Plus. All right, very good. All right, that'll do it for uh, for the most part today. Mm-hmm. We're still going to talk to Bobby Bacala, though. All right. Uh, thanks to Steve Sharipa, who you're about to hear from. Thanks also to Kevin Zeitler. 
Thanks to Mike Bordick and thanks to Andrew Catalan. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com, as well as we'll get pats on the ass for, for reasons. Uh, tomorrow, anything? Uh, Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce, Baltimore Ravens defensive tackle. Yes. going to check in. Love Michael Pierce. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, Kadri, right. Yes, Kadri yeah, will, will be. Tomorrow. Yeah, yep. We'll talk a little more Ravens with him. Joe Serpico as well. That's right. Waiver Wire Wednesday. We'll get you ready. I don't Find even know. Yeah, who are the big storylines this week for Waiver Wire Wednesday? I think most mm. I mean, guys, Kyron Williams would have to be a big storyline for Waver Wire Wednesday. So. Yeah, I, d- I grabbed in the one league where I could. Um, I don't know what else the big storylines are. We'll talk about them tomorrow. Very good. Uh, thanks, everybody, at PressBox. All of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Glory Days Grill, Maryland Five Star, Dorchester County, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook, Sports, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks still to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. We wrap up today's show. We had to do it a little bit earlier on this morning. Oh, man. Bobby Bacala. Steve Sharipa right here on GCR. What an honor it is to be joined now by a man who is going to be in D.C. this Saturday night. He's going to be part of In Conversation with the Sopranos alongside... Michael Imperioli, of course, Vincent Pastor. He is Bobby Bacala himself. He is the great Steve Sharippa, and he is with us now here on GCR. Steve, it's Glenn. It's such an honor, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes. Hey, Glenn. Thank you very much, man. Thank you very much. How Uh, are you? Good to uh, to talk to you. I have so many dumb fanboy questions that I want to ask you, so I want to make sure. Uh, Oh, let's do it. You're talking to a dumb guy. Let's do it. This is perfect. Um, I, I Steve, what blew me away about you and your performance as Bobby, like, I feel like you had the most that you had to convey within the character. Someone who was genuinely a sweetheart, but yet never suffered from any misgivings about what it is that he was involved with. How in the world did you manage as an artist to walk that fine line between those two things for as long as you did? Well, I'll be honest. I, you know, I think... Uh you know, the writing is so incredible that, uh, you know, uh, you know it's, it was on the page, you know, Glenn. I mean, it really was on the page, I mean, which when, when, when that happens, it makes your job so much easier, you know. Uh, the writing was brilliant. No one ever told me who Bobby was. It kind of was just in the writing, you know, and I just, no one ever said, hey, you know, this guy is this and this guy is that and it was kind of, listen, we hired you, you tell us, hmm. you know, you tell us. And, and so they just wrote, you know, at the beginning, especially Bobby wasn't the brightest guy, and he kind of took care of Junior, and, uh, you know, he took care of Junior, and he wasn't the brightest guy in the world, and he uh, uh, was just kind of a caretaker. And then as the seasons went on, you know, he, you know, obviously married Janice. So now he's, you know, uh, next to the boss every Sunday at dinner. And, uh, you know, was Bobby dumb? I don't know. You know, <laughs> dumb like a fox, right, maybe. Right, yeah, or a genius, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, it was kind of like that. Yes, he was a nice guy. And at, at some point we talked about it. He inherited uh, Junior from his dad. Yep. You know, uh, so he got the job kind of by default. You know, he grew up around these guys in the neighborhood. Uh, I think at one point there was talk he was a head waiter 
And then he took care of Junior and became his driver. And then from there, you know, he moved up the ladder, you know. Uh, it was a, a, a fun guy to play because I think deep down Bobby was a good guy. Yep. He was in the, long, uh, the, the, the wrong kind of work. It wasn't by choice he was there. <laughs> Steve, the uh, my fa- one of my favorite scenes in the history of television is the fight scene at the lake house, and it's because when I talk about what you're conveying, it's the intensity of the fight, almost out of nowhere, but it's mixed in with the fear, and and immediately you rushing out to the car, and and like Bobby realizing, oh my God, I might have, I might be about to be whacked, like th- this might be the end of me right now. Um, can you walk me through? Because I remember hearing you talk about in another interview how you guys filmed it separately from the rest of the episode. But what was it like working with Jim and, and choreographing everything and how you were able to tell such a compelling story in such a short fight? Well, you know, we were, we were uh, good friends, Jim. So uh, uh, we did shoot it six months after we shot that stuff at the lake house. Jim had a, a operation on his knee, and so long story short, six months later they rebuild the stage at a cost of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They put that cabin on the sound stage. Uh, it took us a day and a half to shoot it. We're good friends. Jim said, "Let's go as far as we possibly can." And uh, you know, we Jim was much stronger guy than me, much bigger hands. You know, we're pulling hair and he's choking me. And at one point, I head butted him by mistake and he went down. Uh, most of it is our, uh, it's the two of us. Uh, the uh, stuntman choreographed it, but it's ninety five percent both of us in it. Uh, and I think that's why it also was because it's too out of shape. Sweaty guys fighting. It was a real fight. This wasn't a Steven Seagal phony baloney thing, you know. Uh, and so I think that's why it looks so real, you know. Saturday night at the Capitol Turnaround Theater in conversation with The Sopranos. Steve Sharippa is with us. I, I think about when I was younger, like sometimes my best friends and I would just need to fight, right? Like it would just be the way that it would go. W- w- did you guys enjoy it? Did you have fun as you were doing that scene? Uh, I can't say that because okay. it was hard, man. Okay. You know, I mean, you know, it, I mean, I was sore as hell, and especially you had to come in the next day. I mean, you know, I, it was a lot of, you know, it gets tedious because then you got to do it and then you got to do pieces of it. And you know what I mean? It's not one long shot. You know what I mean? I mean, you, there's that and then get in for the close ups and it's hard. You know, there's not a lot of. You know, it's fun and it's satisfying when it's over. Sure. But as sure. you're doing stuff, you know, you're focusing so hard. It, you know what I mean? It's hard. You uh, know? Steve, is there a point where it struck you most like this is, I'm going to be Bobby for the rest of my life? And d- did you ever struggle with that? Like as an artist who's going to be doing other things, you know, Blue Bloods is a huge smash success. But did you ever struggle with uh, the nature of that? You know, no. I haven't, because before Bobby, I had no career, you know mm. what I mean? I was just dabbling. It was kind of was a, uh, you know, when I first got on The Sopranos, I had a full-time job. Uh, it was kind of a hobby. It wasn't that uh, something that I pursued from when I was in high school. It wasn't like that at all. You know, I never even had thoughts of being an actor, and I, uh, I was, it was kind of a hobby to me. A couple lines here, a couple lines there. It was fun. That was fun, you know. And then as you go up the ladder and you're trying to uh, go to the next level, you got to compete more, more competition, you know. Uh, 
I don't find it hard to get two lines. I never found it hard to get two lines, three lines. That kind of came pretty easy. And then, but to get a significant role like this, uh, it's okay with me being Bobby. I have no problem. I like the character. Uh, I've also worked steady for the last 23 years because after The Sopranos, I was on another show for five years playing a suburban dad, and now Blue Bloods, I'm a detective. Mm -hmm. So it's worked out for me. Uh, but, yeah, I'm always going to be that guy and the wise guy. But what am I going to do? Play an English professor? <laughs> I, I'm a blue-collar guy, you know. Love that. That's okay. Uh, Steve, before I let you go, because I know I, I, you got to do a million of these, if I could, we like to ask people what their favorite pinch-me moment was. Like, what? who's the person that you've met or the experience that you've had because of being a part of The Sopranos that you literally had to look and say, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here right now. I can't believe this person is a fan of my work, whatever it is. Well, my favorite thing to do, you know, my, my, my favorite, favorite, favorite. Well, Steve Martin recognized me, and, and we talked early on, and that was amazing to me. Uh, but uh, my favorite thing to do with all of this, uh, is going, I'm a big Nick fan. So I was a kid with no money. I grew up on welfare. I scraped up $6 in the old days to sit at the very top in college. I played college ball. And to sit at the very top of Madison Square Garden, looking down, going, how do you get down there? <laughs> you know, and, and, and to, you know, when I moved back here from Las Vegas and I was on the show and the garden would give me courtside seats. And uh, so for the last 20 something years, I go to the garden and I sit courtside. Oh. And uh, that is my favorite thing to do. That is cool. That is so cool. The favorite thing to do. And, you know, Kobe hugged me at <laughs> half court and the show was on. And it's not really even the people. I, I, I enjoy the games. I, I love Bringing people, people never want to sit anywhere else after they do that. So that is my favorite perk that I've ever gotten. A Saturday night in conversation with the Sopranos at the Capitol Turnaround Theater in D.C. Steve Sharippa, what an honor, man. Thank you so much for spending hey, a couple of minutes Hey, thank you. Great talking to you, man.